Yo, 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 what's good? Thank you for coming to the House of Barf. I'm Chan Man. And before we get started, I would just like to emphasize that the content that we share on House of Barf is for informational and entertainment purposes only. We are not financial advisors and the information provided should not be considered as professional financial advice. Investing and financial decisions involve risk. And it's crucial to do your own research or consult with a qualified professional before making any financial choices. The opinions expressed on House of Barf are, are of our, our own and do not reflect the views of any organizations that we may be affiliated with. Please remember that past performance is not indicative of future results and the financial landscape can change rapidly. Always conduct thorough due diligence and seek financial advice from a financial advisor tailored to your personal needs and circumstances. By listening to this podcast, you agree that the host and in the future, if we have any guests, are not responsible for any financial decisions you make as a result of the information presented on House of Barf. Now, let's dive into today's episode. Yo, 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 what's good? It's Chairman House of Barf. Just getting the cold out my eye. Seriously. Um, it's Saturday, markets are closed, nothing's even open, but as I told y'all, I'm still going to do some research, seriously, I remember this one time I blew this guy's mind, well, take it easy, um, this guy, because, uh, I would like have my phone on my desk and I'd be looking at CNBC uh, I've been looking at CNBC for, and look, I'm going to tell y'all one more thing, something people hate this shit about me. I'll have CNBC up on one screen and I'll have Fox business up on another screen and people be like, yo, you got to take that other one down. Like you got to take it down. I like, I love you, Chan, but I, you know, I, I can't fuck with that. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, yo, you don't understand. Like, if I had 50 TVs, they would all be on a different station. You don't want to watch TV with me. I irritate people when I watch TV because they're like, yo, either I'm up and down, up and down, you know, oh, wait, got, let me go clean the kitchen. Oh, let me uh, go do this. Or if you hand me the remote, I'm constantly like, uh, uh, uh you know, start a movie. Uh, forget it. I don't want to finish this. Oh, oh, what's this? Oh, no, I don't want to finish that. You know, constantly trying to say, yo, give me the remote. And then you end up watching some shit on Bravo um, or something. I haven't watched Bravo in a minute, though. But it's all good. It's no rush. Trust me. I'm sure I'll be back to it eventually. Um, um, yeah, this dude, yo, he was so confused when I told him, yo, I haven't traded in like a year. See, when people t- think about trading, they think about like the movies they watch and everything. No offense. I'm not saying that that trading is not a reality, but that trading is so fake. I mean, that's it's the trading I'm doing right now. It's not fake. Every trader's not doing that at all. There's a lot of groups of people who, um, I don't know how to say it, whose um, best return is their principal. They don't care about, you know... Oh, I got a nephew. He's into stocks and bonds. Go ahead. Give him the account. You know, blah, blah, blah. 
And when they come back for their money, they just want to make sure their principal's there. If you made some money on top of their money, fine, great, fantastic. But that's not their real objective. They, you know, um, they have other streams of income or their retirement. They don't really care or whatever it is, whatever their situation is. Um, they're getting interest or getting a return on their investment. It could be the, the least of their concerns. Um, it's other individuals who you see Michael Douglas, you know, Wolf of Wall Street, um, you know, needing to trade, 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 up, down, five, ten, sell, short, tall, buy, triple leverage, X, short, uh, you know, those, that's other individuals. Not saying there's not a large group of them, you know, but that's not everybody. You know what I'm saying? And so the thing that's messed up about that is, which one do you think gets more attention? You know what I'm saying? Which one do you think more people, when they get into the market, they feel like they got to implement? You know, or who they got to be like. And it's like, nah, dog, stop it. You know, you got these people jumping off the walls, boing, 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 boing. Fuck, fuck, fuck. Holy crap. Holy guacamole cannoli. Oh, my gosh. I fucking lost tooth. This, that, third. Oh, it's like, oh, gosh, calm down. Shit, if you only knew, man, last year, me and a couple homeboys together lost 20 grand, 40 grand, whatever. All right? We're moving forward. I'm not. I mean, I'm not saying it's true, but it's like, come on, shut the fuck up. You lost. You lost two thousand dollars. So fucking what? Five thousand dollars. You made five thousand dollars. So fucking what? Nobody gives a shit. Okay. You know what people give a shit about that enjoy investing? How? Like, what was your strategy? What was your analysis? What? indicators what fundamental what sentimental what quantitative what percentage not what not not what how much i made five fucking thousand dollars today so fucking what what was the percentage if you put up less than five thousand dollars to make five thousand dollars fucking fantastic and can you do it again but if you put up fucking two million to make $5,000, you're fucking crazy. What is that? Less than 1%? 1%? Nobody gives a shit about that. You can keep the five grand. I don't want to put, you know, you, you, you had 50 grand, you fucking 50 leveraged it, now you got 2.5 million, and you used the whole 2.5 million to make five grand in one day? Unsustainable. It's unsustainable. That doesn't even make sense. But I'm happy you made five grand today. Shit. Would I put up two point five million on the trade that I thought was guaranteed to make five, ten grand in one day? Maybe. Not shit. I gotta pay bills. Uh, you know, but I would not go around bragging about it, to be honest with you. I wouldn't probably even tell anybody. You know how embarrassed I would be of that trade? This man took a $50,000, leveraged it 50 to 1, got bill collectors on Saturday morning. Yeah, I, I'm not proud about that. There's nothing I want to boast about, you know? Um. So, yeah, I remember this one guy, you know, he saw me every day looking at CNBC and everything. And, um, 
you know, checking my portfolio, and he's like, yo, so, um, I don't know, like, a year later, he ended up asking me some questions about, like, you know, so what was your last trades? And I was like, yo, I haven't put in a trade in, like, a year. He's like, what? I thought you were trading. I'm like, yo, I mean, I'm investing, you know? Um, I've been holding Google for six, seven, even before I met you. I've been holding Google since I was, a, you know, uh, a young adult. I mean, like, you know, like 20, 21, whatever. You know, and he's like, no way, no way. And I'm, yeah, man, I'm this cash app or this now, now called Block. I've been holding Block for about three, four years. I've been holding this company, Zynga, for two or three years. Um, yeah, these are coming. Yo, I've been holding these for years. And it's like, yo, what are you, I thought, what are you watching the news and everything? Like, dude, I still do my research. I, I do research like I'm a day trader. And I got so pissed off yesterday. So pissed off. And I and I can't even afford it anyways. And if I had the bread, I'm like, dude, Chan, you were on it. Came across this company. And I'm pretty sure people are hip. Uh, I don't even know how to pronounce it. Mercado Libre, Inc., I've been watching, I've been, you know, eyeballing it because I'm eyeballing it because if I do come across some funds, I'm like, yo, this is some shit I'm going to get. Some company in Argentina here, y'all want to do, but essentially, yo, I, yeah, again, I do research like I'm a day trader, but I trade like long term. Recently, I've been doing this day trading bullshit because I got to keep up on my bills and still, even with the day trading bullshit, my, um, my outcome is still more than my income. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's still not sustainable. It's helping. You know, it's been helping tremendously, getting me by. But um, now, even in the future, I may have a portfolio for day trading. Just because I do enjoy this. It, it is pretty fun. You know what I'm saying? I may have a portfolio for day trading penny stocks. You know what I'm saying? I may have a portfolio for day trading small cap firms. You know? But, as I've said it before, when shit gets steady and right man i'm trying to get back in the gym i'm trying to eat healthier i'm trying to socialize i'm trying to start some community outreach programs i'm trying to um start some small businesses you know what i'm saying and my investments i've told y'all uh my goal is to have a bond ladder and a dividend ladder so my bond ladder it's going to be full of U.S. Treasury bonds. Uh, probably no, probably no corporates. Probably just U.S. Treasuries. Uh, up until about a year ago, which I really thought we were about to watch it happen. The United States Treasury has never defaulted on a loan. Okay, so you know what that means. I don't know, like, if you, uh, you know. So when, I, damn, these bill collectors are getting started. Damn. All right, I'm about to, ah, uh, I'm about to have to try to send them some money, yo. But I ain't got it. You know what I'm saying right now. But all right, um, so I'm sure we've discussed this before. But when you say somebody's never defaulted on a loan, all right, let let's just take it to the lowest um form. Now, bill, you say, well, your bills, you're defaulting on your bills. Eh, close, close. Not necessarily. We did enter into a contract that I would pay them uh, 
but I'm paying them for a service or a product. It's not really a bond. A bond, essentially. All right, so real quick. I know. We're about to. Uh, let me see. Uh, I want to get my books out because I want to make sure I say this stuff correct. So, all right, real quick. So if you invest in a savings account or a checking account or CD or, or loan, credit card, those products and services are typically on the banking side. If you invest in stuff like treasury notes or bills or uh, what is it inflation protection securities or something, um, treasuries, um, things like that, uh, you're investing in the government. And if you invest in stuff like stocks, mutual funds, ETFs, and bonds too, um, there are corporate bonds. You're investing in um, corporations, foreign or domestic. Mer Mercado Libre. This, I believe, is a, if I'm correct, I think this is an Argentinian company, but we're going to do our research on it. Um, so, when you deal with a bond, so when you, all right, real quick, with a stock, okay, so again, CDs, savings accounts, stuff like that, banking. You get a CD, essentially you're saying that, look, in my personal opinion, this is my humble opinion. What you're saying to these people is, look, I don't feel like doing no fucking research. What people make it look like is, hey, we got this return. You can put your money here and you'll get this return. You know, no questions asked. At the end of the year, you'll have 5%, whatever. That's, in my personal opinion, how they make it sound. In reality... What it sounds like to me is, hey, look, I don't really feel like doing any fucking research. I'm fucking tired. I just want to put my money somewhere. If you want to go trade it, go ahead. Do what you want to do. Just give me 5%. Okay? You know, I like to talk to my trap stars. So essentially, it'd be like if somebody said, hey, look, I got this money uh, from inheritance or from a settlement with my job or whatever. And I don't know what it is you're doing, but I can see you're getting it. Take this money, do whatever you want to do, and just bring me back the principal with some interest on it. Okay? And please, stay out the trap. It, it's, it's, it's seriously, um, even the government knows that there has to be a certain amount of pollutants in the community to keep everything calm. I'm pretty sure. They probably do all these statistics all the time. But really, you just pump poison in the streets, liquor stores, uh, all that, you know, um, uh, you know, all that, that hard drugs and everything, pills, opioids, all that stuff. You're, you're essentially pumping poison into the streets, essentially, literally just killing the community. And not even that. It's also that you have a very high IQ. Just got to channel it, you know, Um so that's essentially what you're doing with the banks. It's like, hey, I'm going to open up a savings account. And people will say like, hey, you've been investing so long. Why aren't you rich? All these are investments. All these are investments. It's just different. So you go to the bank. And the other thing the banks will do is they'll make it seem like um, they're, they're benefiting you or you're hindering them. 
they're not telling you that really you're the shit. You are helping them out. Look at 1929 when everybody went to go pull their money out of the banks. Same thing with an investment. If you pull all your money out of the bank, the investment's going to crash. But if people would have sat still and waited for um, the banks to turn around, the money probably would have been there after a, a few years. I don't know, like maybe like five years. And your money would have been there, you know? Um, if, you know, but when you have a huge rush of people trying to withdraw at the same time, it crashes shit. And then all the money's gone. And dang, I'm sorry, no habla espanol, no habla inglés. Uh, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, sorry, your money's not here. You know, um, sorry about that. But, um, that's because everybody went to go withdraw at the same damn time. You know, so it's an investment. So you put your money in a savings account or anything, you're lending your money to a bank. To get an interest rate back. And that bank has all their algorithms, schematics, AI, whatever it is, to determine how they can make the most out of your money and then make sure it's in that bank account when you come looking for it. So, when you're come, essentially, don't quote me on this, we're looking at one of the greatest Ponzi schemes in the world a legal Ponzi scheme. You know what I'm saying? Like, literally, they're taking your money. They're doing what they do with it. And then when you come looking for it, they're not giving if if it wasn't a Ponzi scheme, the serial numbers that you gave them on your dollar should be the serial numbers that you get back or something else equivalent, like a precious metal or something. You know what I'm saying? That's not what's happening. You give them a twenty dollar bill. You're not getting that serial number back. It's a totally different serial number. You're getting Timmy's or Sandra's serial number back you know so essentially we're looking at uh, that's that's how the gut that that's how these things are ran they say no you can't sell drugs but then you got walmart or johnson and johnson pumping opioids in their prescription pills or whatever whatever you know what i'm saying uh i'm sorry don't quote me on the company i'm not trying to fame or you know, slander anybody but here let me i'll google it um I think it was a lawsuit. I think it was Walmart. Uh, Walmart. Uh, op- opioids. Uh, sorry if, if I said any of the wrong companies. It was like a hundred. Uh, it was three point one billion. Walmart agrees to pay. Uh, this is the New York Times. Uh, Walmart agrees to pay three point one billion to settle opioid lawsuit. The money would help pay for addiction treatment and drug education programs in the communities around the United States. This is an article written by John Hoffman, um, November 15, 2022. Um, and I can't. Oh, see, I can't even read the whole article. Uh, but. Um, yeah, yeah. Simply stuff like that. Um, let me see. Uh, I forgot what they did but it was something like in some of their pills they had opioids in it or something and then they got caught and look how much they paid 3.1 billion so it's kind of like yo <laughs> how much did you make to pay th- let me see uh pro- probably like 50 billion dollars you know what i'm saying and then they got to pay three yeah you know, they're like hey we'll take three you're good Go ahead, get back to business. Um, so going to the banks, 
the relationship is all flawed. And this is getting off topic of what I was talking about, but you're lending your money to the banks, okay? When people walk into the bank, how do they walk in? Hey, I'm looking to open up a savings account, checking account. Uh, could you help me? Go sit down. Get in line. Get a sucker. Shut up. Which is all wrong. You should be walking into the bank like, look, I got this money. I'm not really looking to put it in the stock market. I'm not really looking to give it to the government right now. I just want to put it in an account, let it sit, and get an interest rate for it. Do you want it or not? Turn um, Immediately, they'll be like, oh, shit. We, we got a real one. We got a real one. Someone who knows what they're doing. Do I have my money in banks? Yes, I got my money in banks. Do I have CDs? Currently, I don't think I have a CD right now. Uh, but, yeah, I get CDs. And I've had CDs with less than 5%. I've had CDs that had... 1.2% annually. They've had 2% annually. Years I've done this. You know? Um, hang on one second. I'm sorry. When people. Oh, okay. I've done that for years. And what was that for? That was because I wanted to um, uh, conserve that principle. That was principle that I wanted to conserve. I, I, that's not principle that I wanted to put in the market or anything, uh, start a small business with or anything. Just that's funds that I'm like, okay, uh, emergency funds, rainy day funds. Because also, there's a, if if you close down a um, CD early, it's like a fifty dollar penalty. Whatever. If I have to, I'll pay the fifty dollar penalty. But if I don't have to, um, here, let me make sure I'm, I'm giving out. Um, Good information. Uh, my, my microphone hasn't been working since I did some interviews. What is the penalty? See, damn it. Here, let me, I'll do this with y'all real quick. And I, I spoke to that marketing team, and I know they're like, see, these are the things you had to ha- you got to have fixed. I'm like, hey, look, man, these are my people. Um, all right, forget about it. Uh, I'll just type it in. What? Is the penalty for closing a CD early? All right, fantastic. Uh, let me see. CD, goodness. I'm trying to hurry to get to this article. Um, 60 days. Uh, let me see. I'm, I'm looking at this one article on Nerd Wallet. Penalty. Yeah, see, they don't want to say. Because, like, if you if you say it, then people are going to be like, hey, I heard this on Nerd Wallet. You better do it. And it's going to be like, ma'am, sir, look, we're not Nerd Wallet, okay? But essentially, it's it's just just say like a hundred a hundred and twenty dollars. All right, so. Um, you early withdraw from your CD it may cost you $120 or something. Don't quote me. Talk to your financial advisor, CPA, CFA, lawyer, judge. Okay. Um, so, you know, you got money locked up in your CD. Um, an emergency comes up. You may have to pay a hundred, $120 or something, um, to close the CD down. Fine. Cool. But 
my principle is secure. Um, I don't got to do nothing. So essentially, you put your money in the CD. Essentially, you're just saying, or a money market account, savings account, whatever it is. Essentially, look, I don't feel like doing shit. I want to put my money somewhere. I want to get a return. I don't want, I, I really, I'm, I'm a little hip to the fact that I don't want a 0.00 return. Okay, I want a little bit more than that. But I don't need a 21% return because I put it in the S&P 500 SPY or SBX or something. And I'm going to get a 21% return. I don't need that. I don't need that. It's going to go up. It's going to go down. That's what you put your money in the bank for. You don't want to see the ups and the downs. Because the bank accounts, they're essentially invested in bonds or whatever. Whatever they're invested in. That money's not just sitting there. If the money was just sitting there, banks would literally be shit. They wouldn't be these big corporations. They would literally be a shithole that you put your money in because they're like, so it's like, so how do you make your money? Oh, we got subscriptions. Uh, so for everybody that has an account, you know, we charge them like $100 a month to hold their money, but that's about it. They would be shitholes. But they're these big, gorgeous corporations in New York and Chicago and Seattle and whatever. You know, how do they get there? They're taking the money and they're investing it themselves. Now, you don't see the ups and the downs. All you see is ups. One penny a month, two penny a month, one dollar a month, whatever it is, ten dollars a month, depending on how much money you have in your account. You don't see all the ups and downs, fluctuations in the market and everything. Essentially, you're paying for peace of mind. And as much as you're getting that interest, you're you're essentially you're paying for the peace of mind. You say, okay, cool, got my statements. Make sure you get your accounts uh, statements every month. Make sure you get them. Make sure you review them. Don't just uh, get them and trash them. You know, just take a quick look at them, you know. Um, and essentially, you're like, you know what? I'm paying them to keep my money, you know, safe. It's better. I'm, I feel safer than leaving it under the mattress or, you know, in my wall. Or in the, in the backyard, whatever, you know. So okay, I give it to this bank. They're securing it, and look at every month we're getting our five dollars. At the end of the year, we'll have sixty dollars. Fantastic, we're happy, we're happy, and that's essentially what the relationship is with the bank. It's like okay, cool. Here's my money. Take care of it. Sure, if you want to give me a small interest, go ahead. Thank you. Boom. All right. So then. You got your treasuries and whatnot. I, I can't remember them all. T-notes, T-bills, tips, treasuries. I don't know. C-notes, double E-bonds. I can't remember them all. All right. So, you go to the government and you say, hey, look. Same relationship as the bank. Okay? Same relationship. Hey, U.S. government. I got... This amount of dollars that I want to go ahead and give to y'all. I've been hearing y'all got a $3.4 trillion debt. How the hell you do that? Here, I'll help you out. All right. I'll lend you this money. And you are going to give me an interest rate. It's going to be a bond. We're going to have a bond. Literally a bond. I don't know what the term bond is in science. How it works. You know, Hit up Neil deGrasse Tyson. I'm sure he could explain it. But I'm pretty sure a bond in science or whatever is probably some atoms coming together. Building a bond or a friendship. A bo we, we have a bond. 
my House of Barf listeners. I hope we have a bond. In real life, I'm not sure if I'm that cool of a person. Can probably be a bit of an asshole. Um, but over House of Barf, I really hope we are building a bond. And in a bond, um, it's it's a relationship. Okay, so, all right, I'm going to lend you this money. And in such and such time, one year, two years, three years, six months, 30 years, 10 years, whatever. You're going to give me my principal, which is the initial investment, back with interest. Now, the question is, what is the maturity? Uh, somebody t- was having a conversation with me with the difference between duration I can't even remember. I think it was duration and maturity or something or duration and terms or something. There's a difference in the, if you break the terms down or something, I can't remember what we were talking about, but I guess I was using the words interchangeably and I can't remember what it was. It was like duration and maturity or duration and time or something. One of them is like, ah, I can't remember what they were saying, but regardless, um, what is the maturity and what is the interest rate? So if you get a one year bond and this person that you lend your money to has to pay you back in a year, uh, probably not going to get that much interest because I mean, what can they do with your money in a year? Can't do shit with it. Basically, um, I could probably take out a loan. So you give me your money. I put it in my uh, collateral with my capital I go apply for a loan. They see I got all this money. Then I qualify for a loan. I can't really do shit with your money in a year. Now you give it to me for 30 years. You may not get the highest interest rate because, again, now you're giving me your money for 30 years. I mean, a lot can happen in 30 years, and I don't want to be liable to give you this highest interest rate for 30 years. You know, I, I could default and be out of business. Um. So I would say the highest interest rate is probably somewhere in the middle between one and 30 years, probably like seven, 10 years. That's probably when it's like, okay, this is a good amount of money. This is a good amount of time. We can, we'll probably still be in business in probably about seven years. Uh, Give them, give them a pretty good interest rate. And by then we can flip that money. That gives us plenty of time, blah, blah, blah. Um, uh, But yeah, that's the bond, you know. And the thing about the bond is you don't have same with the banks. You have a little bit more authority. Your authority is liquidation. But the banks, if you want, you can get the fuck out of there. All right. You know what? Y'all are fucking up. All right. I'm going to take my shit elsewhere. Even if you have something like a $300,000 loan, you could probably refinance it with another bank and take your business elsewhere. Your checking account, you can close it down and go to another bank. Savings account, done. Credit cards, done. Moving over to PNC, whatever. I'm out of here. You know what I'm saying? You got that's that's kind of your power. Bond, you really don't have any power. That's one thing that you're kind of giving up. Uh, you can try to uh, you know, sell your bond, get it back, or whatever. It's very possible. Um, could possibly be taking a loss. I'm not sure. I don't know how to trade bonds or whatever. I got to do my research on it. Seriously, I plan on it. But that's the thing about a bond. It's kind of like that's the relationship. You can't tell me shit what to do with this money once you give it to me. All right? 
You give me the money. That's our relationship. You give me the money. I do what I do with it. You get your money back with some interest. You don't have no power over me, no authority, nothing. Pretty much once you give me this money, all you got is patience and time. That's all you really got. Just, uh, I hope they pay me back, you know. Uh, now, don't get me wrong. There's probably some bonds where you have some authority. We have to research it. There may be like a, don't quote me. There may be like a preferred um, bond holder or something. The, you know, maybe they, don't quote me on this. Uh, talk to your CPA, CFA, lawyer, doctor, um, dentist. Um, there may be a bond where you're not just a bond holder. You are important. You you may be like a preferred bond holder or something. And you actually may not have any authority, but you can you got the ear of the person who issued the bond. Okay, and that's another thing is um the bond the person who you went to go give your money to, they issued out a bond. So essentially these bonds are out there. Same kind of same thing with the banks. Hey, we're good. Savings accounts that are at high, you know, APY, 5%, savings account, whatever. Essentially, they're issuing out their savings accounts. Okay. Same thing with a bond. They're issuing out the bond. Hey, we got a bond, 10% interest, you know, for three to five years. And you say, okay, cool. Hey, Bob, Cindy, um, I heard you got a bond. Uh, yeah, we got, we got a couple more bonds left. Uh, we got a, a bond, a hundred thousand dollar bond. We got a $20,000 bond, $5,000 bond, six months, whatever. And say, all right, well, let me get that. Um, let me get that, uh, 5,000, three, three year, uh, 7.2%, 7.25% bond. And say, all right, cool. Uh, your bond is going to mature in 2027 on January 15th or on February 15th, whatever. Um, you know, semi-annual payments, uh, holla at you then. Uh, typically, you're going to sit around for the first six months just wondering if that interest payment is going to come in. That's usually, And when that first interest payment comes in, uh, you're going to be like, ooh, I could get used to this. You know, shit, I could do this. Um, so that's the relationship even with, with the government. It should not be a, oh, this is the U.S. government ran by one and only Joe Biden and... Oh my goodness. I, I, I want to give them my money, you know? No, no, no. It's, do you think the other countries, China, Japan, whoever else, when they lend their money to the United States of America are just like, Ooh, wow factor. No, they're like, yo, what's going on? It's like, yo, we need this money, blah, blah, blah. You know? Um, now with the bond, what can happen? Same thing with the banks. Everybody can default. There isn't this promise. There is no guarantee. One thing I'll say is if you ever hear anybody say, I guarantee, I would seriously say about face. Okay? And get out of there. Trust me, I'm pretty sure there's some people out there that say, yo, I got a guaranteed plan and it works. But I would say, I don't know, I don't got no stats on this, but I would say probably nine out of ten times, eight out of ten times, you hear anybody say guarantee, risk-free, anything, 
I would say get out of there. Because there's, there's no such thing. Not even with the banks. Um. So, yeah, that's the treacheries. Okay, so they can default. And supposedly, the United States government, since they started way back in, I don't know, 1776 or whatever, um, has never defaulted on a loan. Now, that is a tremendous record. So that's like, to break it down, it'd be like if you lent your best friend $100 at school or at work. You know, they forgot their wallet. Um, and you lent them a hundred dollars, you lent them a hundred dollars and they paid you back, you know, and they paid you back when they said they were going to pay you back. Hey, I got you back next Friday. And then come next Friday, you ain't even got to wait on it. You ain't got to look for it. You ain't got to call them nothing. Boom. They transferred to you through cash app, Venmo, PayPal, whatever you, you, you woke up notification, a hundred dollars. You ain't got to, you ain't had to call them, nothing. That is their rating. So you say next time they need money, you have no worries in lending them money. You know, but if I, if I got to, even if they paid you back, let's say you had to call them. Let's say you had to go around. So then you got AAA where Friday, shit, you ain't I had to look for it, nothing. You probably say that's a AAA that's a triple A client right there. Let's say that you had to call them. You know, they're like, ah, yeah, give me one more second, blah, blah, blah. Oh, wait, you know what I'm saying? My Apple Pay not working, blah, blah, blah. You may say, okay, they double A. And, and they, yeah, I got my money, but excuses, 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 uh, blah, blah, blah. And you say that's double A. Let's say they're a couple days late. Oh, I know I said I'll get you this Friday. Uh, and they get you within like two or three days. Blah, blah, blah. And they had some stuff going on. You may say that's single A. And then you go into B's. And the lowest, I think, is... Um, is it triple B? I would say triple B is probably the lowest. It, I don't think it goes into C's and D's and E's and F's, whatever. I think the lowest is triple B. All right, uh, we can look that up. Uh, Smith and Smith and Moody's, uh, I believe Smith and Moody's, and uh, uh, who else is? These, these are your credit rating companies, um, which I believe Moody's was under a lot of scrutiny because we basically, for the first time in approximately four hundred years, if I'm correct, um, were about to witness the United States government default on a loan. In 2023, which was the craziest thing ever. So to some people, they're like, oh, I don't give a fuck. For me, it was like, yo, we're about to watch history. In three to four hundred years, never has the government ever defaulted on a loan. Now, technically, they still have it. Janet Yellen got up. She had to travel to China or whatever. I'm pretty sure uh, Jerome Powell, Biden, they had probably all got together and said, okay, what are we going to do? So they worked out a deal where they basically extended out the maturity date from 2023 to like 2025. So time is ticking. I mean, time moves so fast. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and they made some deals where basically, I don't know, they're going to invest heavily into like semiconductors or self-defense. And it was a whole package. It was a whole package. And they came to agree and said, okay, we'll just 
make a payment by like 2025 or something. And uh, they said, cool. So they, they technically did not default. Now, what happens when you default? Your credit rating drops. So you're like, ah, who gives a fuck, right? So somebody lent me some money. I defaulted. I didn't pay them back. Who gives a shit? I'm moving right along. Eh, not really. Relationships are priceless. Okay, so you got, so you're in a situation where you're in a bind and you need a bond, you know, and you call somebody up. See, you got a bond and you didn't pay the person. The word got out. Man, guess what? Such and such. I lent them $500 because they said they needed it because they had child support and they couldn't pay their bills. And you know what? They said they've been going to church lately. They've been in the church. And you know what? I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do goodness out of my heart and I'm going to give them the money. And guess what? They said they were going to pay me back next month and, they, and I ain't see a dime. Trust me. The word is out. Your credit rating. Shh, catapulting. You're happy. Because you got a free five hundred dollars, you're like, "Oh, I'm good. I'm good. I'm just gonna keep scamming and scheming. It's not gonna keep working. The word gets around, and also the word gets around for the issuer. Hey, such and such looking for five hundred dollars. They said they got child support. They said they can't pay their bills. They said they've been getting back in the church. You know what I'm saying? The word gets around about the issuer that you're going around looking for money, and then the issue the um the word gets out about the person who is lending out money as well. Hey. I heard they got $500 to give out. Oh, for real? How'd they get that money? I don't know. I heard they've been day trading. You know what I'm saying? So that's the, that's the maker, the person that basically essentially made the market. They took the person who's issuing out the bond, and then they got the person who's got extra money sitting around looking to do something with it, and then that's the maker. That's the person who brought the two parties together. Middleman, essentially. Um, so the word gets out. And now you didn't pay the other, you didn't pay the lender back. Okay. You said you would. Now the word is out. Uh, and even the maker probably, the middleman is probably in trouble too. Man, you made this happen. This is your fault. That was your man's. That, that was not my man's. That was your man's. That was your girl. You put me on with him. You, you're a slime bag too. It's like, dude, no, I'm not. Or sweetheart, I'm not. I, I thought they were good people. Man, fuck you. You know, <laughs> like, so um, everybody's credit rating. So now you thought you got away with it and you're like, you know what? Screw it. Fuck that person. They ain't shit. They ain't a little bitch. They ain't going to do nothing. Yeah, well, look, they say the pen is mightier than the sword. So this person decides that whoever they go around, they just want to go ahead and throw out a campaign of don't lend that person no more money. Don't do it. Your credit rating, do, do, do. So now you actually end up in a real bind, a real bind. You got a boot on your car. You can't make it to work. Job called you, said, look, you late one more time. You're terminated. You know what I'm saying? Somebody's sick in the hospital. Real bind. You're like in a real bind now. And you go out and you say to somebody, hey, look, you know, um, I need to borrow $500 for real, for real. And they're like, dude, you said that last time and you didn't pay Cindy back or you didn't pay Shirley or Chris. You didn't pay them back, bro. 
And you said the same thing. You were back in the church. Remember, you were back in the church. You know what I'm saying? And everything. Dude, no. I'm sorry. You're gonna have to fight. You're gonna have to figure this out on your own. You know? And that's where the rating comes in. So you could say, man, who gives a fuck about rating? So 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 what happens if I lose my money? Oh, oh, their rating goes down? Their bond rating goes down? Yeah. It's a little bit more serious than you think. Not to mention, I don't even know the rest of the story with the U.S. government. You know what I'm saying? If they can't get money, they may not be able to do more things. Like, for us, if we don't, uh, you know, get our money, we may not be able to pay bills, feed our children, which is terrible. But think about it on a more massive scale. You may not be able to feed all these children. You may not be able to give jobs to all these people. You may have to close down all these businesses. And now Amazon runs everything. Ha, 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 ha. And I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You know, the Walton family runs everything now. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm joking. But you never know what might happen. I have no idea. And remember, I'm, I'm on the bottom of the totem pole. I just like to do my research a little bit. And I like to just have some fun doing this. I don't like go to the big wigs, you know, go to the really smart people. I, look, I'll tell you a few people. I look at Wall Street Trapper. I listen to, I haven't listened to him in a little while because really I've been trying to focus on just trying to find my own voice. But I listen to Charlemagne the God. I listen to um, Angela Yee. Uh, um, I, I don't, I, I've never really listened to DJ Envy. It's nothing against him. Nothing against him. I have no quarrel or anything with him. I just, right now, I do plan on getting into real estate, dead ass. I really do. I really do. Um, when I get into real estate, I may listen to DJ Envy more. I, I promise. Um, I listen to Wall Street Trapper. I listen to uh, Gilly the Kid and Wallow. I listen to, um, what is it, uh, Black Girl Stocks. I listen to Invest with Henry, Brandon Trades. Um, you know, I listen to all these people as well. So I would say if you're looking for more expert, I'm actually listening to this new couple, this married couple. It's a, uh, I'm sorry to say it, it's a... It's an Asian man and a Caucasian woman. Um, <laughs> yo, I was talking to one of my Caucasian friends. And they know, I say Caucasian all the time. They're like, look. And, and I appreciate that you don't say white people, you know. <laughs> you know, But it's like, Chan, dude, am I white? And I'm like, uh, nah. Like, it, it, I got a white shirt on right now. Do I look like my shirt? And I'm like, nah. And it's like, do you think I've ever been to the Caucasus Mountains? I was like, I don't know. How are you? It's like, no, I haven't. I've been to Smoky Mountains in Tennessee. It was a great time. Never been to the Caucasus Mountains. So why are you calling me Caucasian? I'm like, yo, I'm just trying to be respectful. Whatever. It's like, and I, I can relate. I'm like, yo, do I look black? You know? No. You think I've ever been to Africa? I want to one day. Never been. And it's like, yo, we got to figure out how to really recognize people the way they want to be recognized. You know? But, um... Yeah, regardless. Okay. Okay. Went off on a little tangent. Lose my train of thought. It happens. Um, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, you could say, you know what? You lent your money to somebody. They didn't pay you back. And you're frustrated. You're like, so what's going to happen? I would tell people this all the time, working as an investigator for a regulator. People all the time want to reach out to the regulators. And they want to think that they're going to get monetary satisfaction, which it is a possibility. No one's saying that you won't. But the main thing is to 
protect the integrity of the industry to make sure that this doesn't happen to anyone else. And it's like, boo, give me my fucking money. Now, I'm sorry, dog. Now, if you want to get your money, there's a very, there, there's other ways to go about it. But the main thing is, is that we're trying to protect the industry to make sure that this crime, this scam, this scheme, this unethical uh, behavior, whatever it is, does not happen to anybody else. And that we see on top of scam and schemes is approximately a $6 billion industry, if I'm correct, annually. Annually. It's huge. And every which way you turn, scammers, schemers, whatever, are um, improving on their skills. And people could say, oh, you were a, sn- a professional snitch. Yes, I was. Now, I, look, I wasn't a police officer or anybody. Well, actually, to tell you the truth, we all kind of, we all can communicate. So if somebody called and was like, oh, I lost my fucking money. I'm going to shoot my fucking self in my fucking head. I could call up my leadership and say, hey, I got someone that threatened to commit suicide. Uh, and she or he would call the local authorities and say, hey, this person at this address literally just threatened to commit suicide. And they, so it, we're all intertwined, but I didn't work with police. I didn't work with none of them. I worked in the securities industry. So yeah, I don't give a fuck. You want to call me a professional snitch? I was. And you know who really enjoys snitches? People whose fathers, grandmothers, children are being taken advantage of. You know, people people act like, man, I don't fuck with no snitches. And then when their grandmother is hanging out with that new guy who swears that he's the best banker or trader and she's just giving her him all her money, guess who they call up? Hey, Chan, um, I got this broker. Um, can I just give you his name? Yo, sure. Give, give me his name. Give me his name. Give me her name, whatever. I'll look it up for you. I'll 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 investigate into it and uh I'll see what I can find. And guess what? Guess how happy they are when I find out, hey, I want to let you know. I just go to this website, brokerchecker.finra or whatever. Uh I just did just a very brief, you know, analysis on this person. And I want to let you know they have a high disclosure. Uh they, they you know they have a high amount of disclosures. Uh at the previous firm, they were terminated for this. Then they got back with another firm. And I don't know how these people get hired and I can't get a fucking job, you know. But, you know, it's how the world churns, you know. And I want to let you know that they've done this, they've done this. So, look, I'm not saying that they haven't turned their life over and gave their life to Christ. But I'm letting you know that this person has a huge history of, um, you know, disclosures or whatever. You can go to Broker Check. I'll send you the link. Take a look at yourself. And then I can also do some more research to see if there's anything else uh, in it as well. All of a sudden, that person that's like, oh, I don't fuck with no snitches, guess what they're like? Oh, Chan, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for looking into it. Because, dog, I knew they were a scam artist. I'm like, you know? So, or that person that's like, hey, look, um, I'm sick, and I'm about to, I'm, I, the doctor telling me I only got probably like six more months or whatever, and I'm going to leave my, um, my assets to my brother. Or my sister or whatever, you know. Um, now, I want to let you know, my brother and my sister, they're an idiot. 
okay? And they're not probably going to do the right thing. Could you please kind of just, you know, um, just keep an eye on them just to see, you know, what uh, firm they get with, you know, uh, whatever it is, different things. Like that, that may not be the right example. What I'm trying to say is, but people, they pretend like they don't fuck with snitches all up until the point when they need a snitch. And yes, was, did I have the intentions on getting people, um, fined, barred, locked up even? Yes. Those were my intentions. I was looking for shit. You know what I'm saying? I was trying to protect the industry. I'm sorry. I know people hate that shit, but I will tell you, this was in the securities industry. Securities meaning stocks, bonds, mutual funds, ETFs, and all that. I was working in that industry. So let's just say somebody pulled a scam on a PPP loan. That was not me. <laughs> like that was not me. But would I would I uh get the case and give it over to the correct authorities? I don't know who did PPP loans. That might have been the office of the comptroller. Uh that because that, that might have been on the banking side. But I'd get the file together and say, hey, these are the amount of complaints and everything. Give it, give it to my leadership and say, hey, you know, we may want to go ahead and get this over to uh, the office of the comptroller uh, to look at. Um, so, yeah, but that wasn't me. Now, if somebody's pulling a scam on like a securities, that's that's when I got involved. Somebody's at work telling people that they're investing in stocks and that you should give them your money and you gave them $10,000 to go invest in the market and they ran away. As soon as it touches the securities industry, that's what we're looking at with cryptocurrency. You saw that they opened up a new bond ETF. You know why they did that. Gary, what's his name? Gary uh, Geyser, Gessler, um, fucking lost a fucking war in the fucking court with uh, XRP Ripple. I'm not going to say he fully lost. I think they won a couple battles and then XRP. I, I is that case still going on? I think that's going to be like the forever case. So they said, okay, we can't lose this fucking. We can't keep losing because what happens with cases is they become benchmarks. Even though you can have a totally new judge who rules one way, and you got another judge who rules another way, and it's really up to their judgment of how they judge. Yes. But they still have benchmarks. That's why you can see people who say things like Roy versus Wade. That's a benchmark. In that case, this is what happened. You know what I'm saying? And that's the thing that people will continuously use as a benchmark. Same thing in like the market. You know, um, uh, when you invest, you use the benchmark on determining how your investments went. So, for example, uh, you did 15%. Well, the S&P did 20%. So what would you say? I did pretty well for myself. I got close to the benchmark. Or you did 25% and the S&P 500 did 20%. What would you say? Oh, wow. Did fantastic. I beat the benchmark. You know, so that's kind of why these cases are very important. Um, but trust me, on the other note, don't think I just go around snitching on people. That's not who I am. In the securities industry, I didn't play because y'all don't understand, okay? We have so many individuals. We have approximately 300 million individuals in the United States. Out of those 300 million, approximately, uh, let's say, with 401ks, real estate, bank accounts, everything, let's say 30 million. I don't even know if I want to say 30 million. Let's, all right, let's just play the game, whatever, we'll go 30 million, all right? 30 million of those people are investing. 
with I'm, I'm, I'm including real estate, bank accounts, uh, 401ks, and all that. 30 million people are investing. Out of those 30 million people, I would say, whew, uh, uh, I'm going to go with 20. Out of those 30 million, I'm going to go 17 million of them, 18 million of them. No offense. No offense to anybody are Caucasians, which is no problem. Caucasians, do your damn thing, okay? No one's here to hate on anybody. That's what I was talking about my, with my buddy. No one's, forget all this black, African, whatever, unless you're really African or unless you're really from the Caucasus Mountains. I've never been to Africa. I do plan on going. I want to go to Johannesburg. I want to go to Djibouti. I want to go to Tanzania, you know? I want to go to these places, you know? Uh, never have been. But yet, I'm still referred to as an African. Yes, I understand heritage and everything. But my family's been here 10 generations plus. You know? <laughs> like, you know? Um, so it's really just one human race. Okay? So when if I say, you know, it's not, ooh, we got we to gotta beat those Caucasians. No. We, no. I'm, and, you know, now do I hate racism and all that stuff? Yes, because it's bigotry. You literally hate somebody just because the way their nose is or the way their skin is. Eh, that's that's on another level, you know? What I'm saying, though, is out of those 30 million of investors in the United States of America, and these statistics are just off the top of my head. I'm not researching this right now. 30 million people are probably investing. Bank accounts, real estate, all that. 401ks, uh, securities, uh, small businesses, all that. I'd probably say 30 million. Out of 330 people, 330 million, 30 million, I'd say, okay, that's probably close, maybe a little bit more. We could probably push it up maybe to even about 50 million, maybe. Okay, maybe 60 million. We could even probably push it up a little bit. Um, Out of that, let's just say, I'll just keep the numbers back to 30. Out of that 30 million, 17, 18 million of those investors, I would say are Caucasians. No hate, okay? So, yes, I have a huge goal of protecting this industry because I know the concerns of the other groups of people. Oh, no, man, I had a cousin. They invested with our other cousin and they stole all the money and ran off. You know what I'm saying? And it's, it's, it's an accurate and legit concern of getting, uh, man, I was watching Black Monday on Showtime and dog, those guys were scam artists. Yeah, well, uh, they kind of were. They kind of were. I like Regina Hall. She did a fantastic job in that show. And Don Cheadle, and even the ball head guy who likes to skate around on roller skates. All of them. The 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 Asian guy, the Indian guy, whatever. He was hilarious. I love Black Monday. That was a fucking great show. Um, oh man, I was watching, uh, whatever. You know, uh, man, it's just scam artists and scheming. I get you. That's a legit concern. So what can we do instead? You know, I think about that scene in I Am Legend and Bob Marley supposedly has a new movie coming out or they're doing a biopic on Bob Marley. But I think about that scene in I Am Legend where uh, Will Smith said the reason why Bob Marley went out there and did a concert after he got shot was because do you think that the people that are doing evil take a day off or something like that? Don't quote me, you know, and I say people laugh about it all the time. 
They laugh. They think it's hilarious. Chan would be there uh, fighting the integrity of the industry with a tornado going on. I say I'm from the Midwest. I've been through tornadoes. They don't scare me. You know, so I'm on the phone. Hello, ma'am. Hello. Chan, I think this guy at this broker dealer just scammed me. What's his name? Give me, give me more information, ma'am. And let me tell you, man, there's some, there's, there's some motherfuckers out there that don't give a shit. Or there's, there's other motherfuckers that give a shit, but they give more of a shit about their career than they actually do the integrity. So they're going after cases, you know. So they could, so you could tell them that you got scammed, but if it's not a big case, eh, sorry, ma'am. I don't think we got anything here. Yeah, you might, you know. So I'm going to take a quick break. Uh, we're going to come right back because we still got to touch on... Um, uh, the securities market very briefly do a little bit of research it's saturday thank you so much to everybody who decides to stop by the house i appreciate it eight different countries are fucking with me right now i love y'all i hope y'all love me back i'm chan man this is house of bar i am thrilled to introduce you to an exciting new storybook journey that I believe will capture your imagination. Allow me to present Langston Mangston's Kulamade Stand Adventure, a compelling short story that promises to transport you to a world of interest, excitement, and learning. The title of the book is Langston Mangston's Kulamade Stand Adventure by Chandler Hayes. In a world of colorful imagination and captivating stories, a new children's book has emerged to empower our young minds with crucial life lessons, life skills, and financial literacy. Langston Mason's Kulamate Stand Adventure is a cheering short story written by a talented black author who understands the importance of equipping our youth in the early stages of life with the tools they need to navigate the realm of money, savings, and smart choices. Meet Langston Mingston and his imaginary best friend, Zonky, a pink elephant, two curious souls who embark on an adventure around the vibrant landscape of Wichita, Kansas, where Langston Mingston sets out to accomplish multiple goals and is met with obstacles that he must overcome. Langston Mingston and Zonky discover valuable lessons of talking about finances in the home in order to gain knowledge. Langston Mangston, with a little bit of confidence, the guidance of supportive parents, the help of community members like Mr. Tiller, and his imaginary best friend, Zonky, Langston Mangston learns about the value of money and how to save, the importance of making thoughtful spending decisions, the significance of thinking outside the box when met with challenges, with money, and the joys of sharing with others. Through relatable experiences and emerging and, and engaging storytelling, Young readers are introduced to the fundamental concepts of money, such as earning, saving, and spending responsibly. Langston Mason set savings goals, teaching children the importance of planning for future needs and dreams. The book celebrates diversity and the different perspectives on money, shedding light on its role in different people's lives. The characters' interactions emphasize the joys of serving others, the gift of sharing, and making a positive impact in their community. The pages of Langston Mangston's Kulamade Stand Adventure come to life with vibrant illustrations. The colorful and imaginative visuals not only captivate young readers, but also enhance their understanding of complex financial concepts. Langston Mangston's Kulamade Stand Adventure is coming soon to bookstairs and online realtors 
It is a must-have addition to any child's library, fostering essential life skills while sparking the joy of reading. Empower the young minds in your life with the gift of financial literacy and imagination. Join Langston Mason, Zonkey, family, and friends on their extraordinary journey of running a drink stand to set them on the path of a brighter future. Your opinion means a great deal to me. I would be honored if you would consider exploring Langston Mason's Cool and Made Stand Adventure and sharing your thoughts. Your feedback could play an invaluable role in shaping the future of this project. If you have any questions, comments, or would like to discuss the book further, please don't hesitate to reach out to me. Your support in spreading the word about Langston Mason's Cool and Made Stand Adventure would mean the world to me, and I deeply appreciate your consideration. I am a passionate advocate for financial literacy. Me, um, Chandler Hayes, um, and and am excited to join the community of storytellers with a background in finances. I am driven to inspire children to embark on their own adventures of learning and discovery through the power of literature. Langston Mason's Cool and Made Stand Adventure is a heartfelt endeavor to promote financial literacy in a fun and accessible way. As a black author, I'm committed to providing children of all backgrounds with the tools for success, and I am proud to contribute to a more financially informed generation. Thank you for taking the time to explore this advertisement, and I look forward to the possibility of sharing this extraordinary literature adventure with you. Please feel free to contact me. Uh, You can reach me at the email c287gph at gmail.com. All right. Thank you. Warmest regards. Have a great day. God bless. Yo, yo, yo. What's good? It's Chad, man. How's a barf? How you feeling? Brand new whip just hopped in. What's going on? I got to be careful. I want to make sure I don't ever get sued or anything. I saw something about Chris Brown got sued over this one song where he said, double the pleasure, double the fun, and the the bubblegum company. Shit, man, my, my family ha- hasn't chewed on Wrigley's double mint <laughs> peppermint gum since 1995. And they, man, people will come out of nowhere for a dollar. Like, what? I didn't even know Wrigley's was still alive. We're suing you. You said double the pleasure, double the fun. That's ours. It's like, damn, bro. Take it easy, you know. So I just like, man, let me be careful before I get canceled or sued. Uh, cease and desist letter before I even get started, you know. <laughs> but um, all right. So real quick, and this wasn't even really a topic. Um, CDs, loans, credit cards. Um, now you can get now some of this stuff is like a Venn diagram because you can get a loan from a broker dealer as well. It's called margin. Uh, but um. CDs, loans, credit cards, savings accounts, money market accounts, um, these things. And I, and I hate the terminology for these things uh, real quick, but those are banking products. OK, essentially, you give your money to the bank. They do what they do with it and they make sure they give you your principal. And actually, if you look at the FDIC uh, fine print, they're actually not entitled to give you all your money back. <laughs> it's, if, if approximately it's up to like. $250,000. So if you have over $250,000 or is it $250,000 or like 10% or something, something like that. Don't quote me, read the fine print. 
If you got to pull out a microscope to read it, do it. If you got to put it on your laptop and you know use your fingers to zoom in, do it. Um, but um, the reason why I kind of hate these terminologies is because when you tell somebody that this is a savings account, you're basically manipulating them to believing that they need to put their money there in order to save. Not necessarily. You can put your money where you want to put your money. You know, uh, it, 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 it could be in real estate. It could be in securities. It could be in precious metals. You know, but when you say savings account, uh, you kind of are forcing people, not, you know, forcing them. Um, essentially, I ain't got to kill you if, you gotta, if you're going to kill yourself. You know, uh, like, you know, I can, I can mind fuck you. I can uh, into killing yourself. You know, and to an extent, you should be held kind of to the same, you know, it's like, dude, you tortured this person. You know, I never touched them. I never, but dog, they felt the pressure. You drove them crazy, you know? So essentially with the savings account and everything, it's not like they're doing anything bad, but they could, they could call it something else. I think, I think settlement account is perfect. That's the term I would use if I had a bank. I would call it a settlement account. And what that means is, you can settle your funds here. I'm letting you know you're getting screwed out of your money. How is that? Well, I'm going to be taking your money and I'm going to be investing it. So wait a minute. So I took my money out of the stock market so that you could take my money and put it in the stock market? Yes. So, so should I just leave it in the stock market? Not necessarily. So why should I give it to you? Well, what stresses you out about the stock market? I can't stand the ups and the downs and the everything. Okay. With the bank, you're not going to see any of that. I'm basically going to cover your eyes from all that. All you're going to see is the money you put in the bank account. It's like, oh, okay. All right, cool. And after I invest, I'm going to give you a small percentage. It's like, okay. So if you make 100%, what am I going to get? 1%. Okay. If you lose money, what am I going to get? 1%. Okay. All right. Cool. All right. Well, you know what? Cool. You know, you built that relationship. You know, I, I would just make sure the terminology, a checking account, I would just say a spending account or something. I, and I, if I'm correct, I think PNC does refer to the checking accounts as spending accounts. I would just let them know, like, look, you're not getting no interest for this. Or, you know, if I didn't want to compete with PNC over calling it a spending account, I would call it a... Um, a liquidated account. Essentially, it's straight cash. It's it's already liquidated. There's no assets in there. It's liquidated. It's a liquidated account. If I just wanted it to be different. But other than that, I would just call it a cash account, a spending account. Literally, it's cash. You go spend. I would call it a cash account. That's what I would call it. So I think the terminology, and, it, and these people are very intelligent. They know what they're doing because you got to think. If you put your money in the account and say settlement account, and you could come back next week and take it out, again, I could be wrong about this, but essentially with the banking industry, we're looking at a, le- a legal Ponzi scheme. You know, there's, there's not, the dollar's not backed by anything. It's a fiat currency. One of my homeboys taught me that. Shout out to him. He says, yo, did, are you aware of the fiat currency? I was like, nah, what's that? He was like, this goes on in several different countries. I think Venezuela did it. I can't remember. He said, essentially, it's a currency that's not backed by anything. So I got to give him credit for informing me on this. And then also, he went all, you know, 
he's one of my buddies. He he likes to go off on his own tangents. And he's like, I'm going to tell you something. You know who's one of my favorite presidents? Like, who? You know, Alexander Hamilton. Is, uh, is that the correct one? I can't remember. And I'm like, the bigot? The one that literally said that he would wish that he could put all niggers in a house and burn it down or something? He's like, yeah, that's my favorite president. Is it? And I was like, why? And he says, because he knew how to balance the books. I like a guy that knows how to balance the books. Only president that balanced the books. I think Bill Clinton, supposedly he gets some credit for balancing the books as well. And only president that went after the Fed. Supposedly the Fed was not always around. They came into existence after like World War II or something. I can't remember, you know. Um, so he got me hip on all this stuff, you know. I, I One day, if I, because I'm working with this marketing team. Well, I'll go over those notes with the marketing team in a little bit. And uh, one thing they say is sometimes it'd be nice to have a guest on there. And I say, sure. Uh, maybe I'll start a whole nother podcast or something and I'll start having guests or whatever. Um, right now, I don't want guests on this. This is kind of an uninterrupted Chan Man journal time slash barf show or conversation, whatever. Then we can have another one with guests. And then we can have another one with uh, talk about relationships and cars and all that other stuff. And I also would like to have another one with geriatric people. Seriously, like an all geriatric cast. Everyone that's like 65 and older. Dead ass. Um, to get their perspective on things. You know, and I think people kind of get tired of the younger people who are just always shouting and yelling all the time. It's like, let's get an all geriatric uh, cast. You know what I'm saying? Um, so, yeah, I want to have multiple, multiple ones. All under probably the House of Barf, Inc. You know what I'm saying? Um, but yeah, so you put your money in the bank. It's not even guaranteed to be there. And this is a type of investment as well. All right, so moving forward. So we got the banks, CDs, loans, savings accounts, checking accounts, money market accounts, blah, 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 blah. blah. All right, then you got your T-bills, your T-notes, your tips, your treasuries. That's all government. That's the bonds. So then, and remember, in the bonds, you, for the most part, if, if I'm correct, I'm not sure, you have no authority. You essentially give your money to an individual, and you sit there, and you wait to get your principal and your interest back. And they can default, meaning they don't pay you back. And the only thing that happens is their credit rating goes down. All right, so on the other note, you have the securities. Securities, again, I, I, I can't remember why they're called securities. Essentially, it's security, something like that. It's a security basically saying like, okay, you want ownership in my stock. So, so I have, when I think of stock, I think of like corn or something. So I have a cornfield and I need some money. Essentially, this is where it all comes down to. Someone needs some money. I'm, I'm not always trying to talk about my people, but my people would tell me, if you ever want to find someone, just follow the money. If you ever want to know what somebody's up to, follow the money and their time. There's two things that people cannot fake on. They can try to fake, you know, it's their money and their time. Unless they're like some assassin for some something, you know, for the most part. 
their time and their money are like their hips in like football. I don't know anything about football, but from what I always hear people talk about in football is watch their hips. I'm like, man, this is it's crazy. Just just watching hips all day. You know, watch the hips. Hips in life is time and money. These are two things that you essentially cannot fake unless you're like some mastermind, you know, assassin or something. Then you can, you know, put on a facade, impersonate or something. Other than that, you know, for the most part, wherever you put your time, wherever you put your money is essentially who you are, where you are. All right. So it all comes down to money. All these corporations, all these banks, all the, the U.S. government, whatever, uh, essentially it all comes down to them needing money. Not saying that they could easily say, oh, we got enough money. We don't need no money. You need money. Whatever. Okay, fine. Whatever. My bad. Maybe I said it wrong. Okay. So I got a cornfield and I'm selling my corn and a deluge. Huge storm. Wipes out all my corn. Damn it. Stupid deluge. And I need to figure out a way to get some money. And I'm not interested in any bonds. You know, uh, I got to pay you back with interest. That's not my situation right now. But what you can do is get some ownership in my stock. And when my stock comes back and I sell the corn or I sell my stock and I generate revenues and I get profits, you will have ownership in it. And as you having ownership, you also have authority on what goes down. Now, of course, uh, for example, a company called Snapchat, um, sold stock and literally told people and y'all ain't gonna say shit don't don't even try it it's like what i'm an owner how the fuck you gonna tell me i can't say shit they literally came out when we give out our stock we want to let y'all know if i'm correct i believe it was snapchat y'all can't say shit get get the fuck out of here how and how is snapchat doing now who knows i don't know i don't keep up with snapchat uh let let me see real quick uh I'm not, I'm not sure. Isn't Snapchat the company that you could like post something and it disappears in like like a minute or something? I don't know. Let me see. Snap ticker. Snap Inc. Oh, they're doing pretty well. Uh, uh, as of Friday in the market, which is approximately 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, what was that? January uh, 19th. Uh, they ended the day up approximately 1.3%. Um, they're currently trading around $16.42. Let's go to see how they've been doing the last five years. Oh, wow. In 2021, they got up to approximately 80 bucks. Let me see. Uh, they got up to about, what was their peak? About $83 and 11 cents around September 24th, 2021. And since then, damn it, man. I could have got in around like sixteen, seventeen dollars in twenty twenty, and just held. Well, of course, hindsight. But um, if I'm correct, let me see. Snap ticker, voting rights. Snap has been widely criticized for its decision to issue shares without voting rights. Yes, so this is corporatefinancelab.org. 
So yes, and they wrote this article back in 2017. It looks like May 2017. Uh, let me see who wrote this. Um, they don't even say. Uh, blogger Vincent uh, Tantillion. Uh, but yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, so yeah, Snap literally said, nah, dog. Uh, and you know where I think they got it from? I think they got it from Elon Musk. Because Elon Musk supposedly was going to take Tesla private because he, I guess he was getting tired of the stock traders uh, having voting rights or whatever. So I guess they were like, all right, you know what? We're just going to try to be like that and say, hey, we're going to give out stocks and you're not going to have any voting rights, you know? So I don't know. So, but let's just say typically or generally, and not with all stocks, you know, you got, you got so many, what is it, preferred, common stock, blah, blah, blah. We'll get into all that stuff later. But when you have stocks, you have ownership, meaning that if this thing goes up, we go up together. Um, if this thing goes down, we, we cry together. Okay, so that's it. I ain't got, I don't owe you nothing. You know, I don't, nothing. You know, we in this together. You know, and since we're in this together, we have voting rights together. You know, so for example, let's say I want to expand the business and you don't want to expand the business. You know, we 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 both have authorities, you know, the equal amount of authority. Um, let's say that you want to use Goldman Sachs as our uh, banker and you want to use J.P. Morgan. We both have equal voting rights to this. Now, with a bond, if I say I want to use Goldman Sachs and you say, no, nah, man, you should use J.P. Morgan, I can say, shut up. Shut up. And you're like, well, dog, I gave you my money. Give me my money back. No, it's a bond. Stocks, you can take your money back for the most part, as far as I know. But also you take your money back, whether it's a gain or a loss. You know, you take your money back at that point, you know, pull your money out if you don't want to. But if, with the voting rights, you have the authority. So when you're investing in stocks, for the most part, you're investing in corporations. So stocks, you go to the stock market, you'll notice. And there's other types of investments. There's futures. There's Forex. I can't remember all of them off the top of my head right now. And I'm not going to really get into futures because I don't know them. Essentially, you're investing in commodities. Commodities are essentially, I don't know what they're called, but they're like resources, like corn, um, oil, uh, stuff like that. Uh, the thing about futures, now don't call me. Please go talk to your CPA, your certified financial advisor, your chartered financial analyst, your lawyer, your doctor. Um, futures, if I'm correct, you have a date. And essentially, there's a date. You say, I want to get into this. I'm not sure. Don't call me at a certain price. And at expiration, it, it, it settles the way it is. Just this is the way it is. Um, just, that's just it. Um, uh, Forex, that's currencies. Um, you know, USD, Euro, USD, JPY. So there's multiple different things. The main thing I'm talking about. It's secured. So, you, you know, Forex, you want to invest in currencies. You want to say that the U.S. dollar is going to be more powerful than the 
the Japanese yen due to whatever technical analysis, fundamental analysis, whatever. Fantastic. Um, futures, you want to invest in commodities such as oil, whatever. Now, futures, I haven't really started trading yet. Trust me, by the end of my days and my time, I'm going to have a portfolio of things all over. You know, uh, and then I'm going to be balancing it. It's not going to be like, oh, I need to get rich off of all this. No, I'm just going to be balancing it. Oh, the stock market is crashing. Um, yeah, I could buy a put. I got, Yeah, I got that. I do that as well. But also, let me just kind of maybe pull some of my money out of the market. Or the stock market shot up. Let me pull some of my money out of the stock market. Uh, and I can put it in precious metals. You know, gold, the price of gold is at... You know, $1,900, $1,800 or something. Oh, let me go ahead and uh, purchase a little gold. Uh, you know what I'm saying? So you also got precious metals. S small business, you could say, you know what? Got this extra cash. Uh, I want to invest it. I'm going to start a small business. You could invest in real estate. You know, real estate market is at an all-time low. Everybody's getting out of it. Why should I invest in real estate? It's going to take me 100,000 years to get $200,000. When I could just put it in the stock market and get that same return on my investment ASAP, you know, uh, it's a whole lot. Uh, Generation Z, they're never going to be able to get into a home because they got high prices and high interest rates. So uh, we, they should probably figure out something else to do. You know, it's a whole lot. It's a whole lot. So, but based on the securities, for the most part, you're investing in a corporation. So when you go to the securities market, you're going to notice, what is it? Snapchat Inc. Tulio, whatever, um, Bank of America, uh, uh, Shopify, eBay, you know what I'm saying? Um, you're not necessarily going to go to, not necessarily, I'm not saying that it's not, you're not necessarily going to go to the stock market and purchase something like uh, a CD or a, a, some oil. You're not saying that's not going to happen, okay? There's 6,000 different stocks out there. But when you go to stock market, you're typically going to see um, an oil company. Uh, uh, what was it? Zion Oil. I was looking at this company. I'm like, yo, there's, there's no way this company hasn't popped off yet. You know? <laughs> look, let me, let, me, let, me, let me look at uh, their ticker symbol, I believe, is Zong. Let's take a look at it real quick. Because they're like in the middle. Supposedly, they're like in the middle of Israel. I was just taking a look at this company. I just came across them. Uh, it was one of those. My homeboy called me and was like, hey, could you take a look at this company? I said, all right. Ticker symbol Z-N-O-G. Yeah, like an Israel. Um, we're supposed to be doing research on another company that I want to do research on. I can't even remember what it was. Um, let me see if I can pull up these fundamentals real quick. Uh, it's, uh, Zion oil and gas, 23 employees based out of, uh, Dallas, Texas, uh, founder, John Brown. Uh, let's read some of this. Let me see. Uh, Zion oil and gas together with its subsidiaries operates an oil and gas ex exploration company in Israel. I'm like, what this there's and, and seriously, I, I really do feel for the Israel uh, Israelites and Palestinians and whatnot. And I just saw yesterday, I guess Israel's about to cut down their media sources. That shit is crazy. 
You know, so, but I was just saying right now, you would think oil would be popping in Israel right now. And this company is tanking, you know, um, but you'll see like the oil refinery company. You'll see the oil mining company. Uh, so you won't necessarily see Bitcoin. Um, I know there's a Bitcoin ETF, but if I had to guess, it's not Bitcoin. It's not your third. It's the company who mi mines Bitcoin. It's the company who... Um, what else? I don't know what else you can do with cryptocurrency. I guess, you know, build the equipment to trade, uh, uh, cryptocurrency. You're not going to see a Bitcoin ETF. Don't quote me. I could be completely wrong about this. Okay. And it's okay to be wrong and I can come back and learn. I can almost guarantee in the Bitcoin ETF, it's not literally Bitcoin, you know, but I will say that I have noticed that they're trying to figure this shit out. And I really think that they came up with the Bitcoin ETF. Because they really want to be able to say, well, hold, there's a Bitcoin ETF. That means that the SEC and FINRA and whatnot now have jurisdiction over cryptocurrencies. You know, because everybody wants regulations over cryptocurrencies. And they don't want to lose any more battles uh, in court over this deregulated instrument. But if I looked at the Bitcoin ETF, I can almost guarantee, I'll look it up in a second. Because I don't even know any ticker symbols for Bitcoin ETF. Here, let me see real quick. Uh, let me see. Uh, Bitcoin ETF tickers. And I don't know why the term ticker is a ticker. I don't know. But that's essentially how you look up these companies. So stocks, listings, ETFs, Bitcoin. So I see one right now called GBTC. Grayscale Bitcoin Trust. All right. Let let me see if I can see their holdings. And I could be completely wrong. They may literally be uh, just Bitcoin. I doubt it. Um, let me see their holdings. Uh, uh, I don't see anything. Hmm. Sorry, I don't, I don't, here, let me try again. GBTC, GBTC Holdings. The world's largest Bitcoin ETF is one of the first securities solely and passively invested in Bitcoin that enables investors to gain exposure to Bitcoin in the form of a security while avoiding the challenges of buying, storing, and safekeeping Bitcoin directly. So, again, that's all it really comes down to is, uh, you know, how much exposure do you want? How much um, risk do you want? How much tolerance do you have? Uh, you know, you don't have a lot of tolerance, so you put it into a bank, you know, um, you know, so using like Coinbase and whatnot. Like that, that would be a company that I would think would be in a Bitcoin ETF is Coinbase. That's what I'm saying when I, I could be wrong. But as far as I'm reading with Grayscale, it says you literally you're invested in Bitcoin. Says directly invested in Bitcoin. Um, okay, but then in that case, then that should mean that the SEC and FINRA have uh, the IRS have direct jurisdiction over the the ETF. But um, index price. Let me see. Bitcoin is a digital asset that's created to transmit. Okay, so they're saying they're directly invested in Bitcoin. Um, 
See, I would have thought it would have been companies like uh, Riot, um, Coinbase, Cash App, you know, Block Inc., uh, Meta. Um, but yeah, I guess there's actually some ETFs that are directly investing in Bitcoin. All right, y'all. Uh, I'm going to take another quick break. Uh, we're going to come back in a little bit and we're going to do some research on some stuff. Uh, I discussed uh, my podcast with a marketing team. I'll, I'll let y'all know a little bit more about that. I want to thank y'all uh, so much uh, for stopping by. I really do appreciate it. Stop, come, you know, come through the house and kick it with your mans. I'm Chad Man, this house of barf. I am thrilled to introduce you to an exciting new storybook journey that I believe will capture your imagination. Allow me to present Langston Mangston's Kool-Aid Stand Adventure, a compelling short story that promises to transport you to a world of interest, excitement, and learning. The title of the book is Langston Mangston's Kool-Aid Stand Adventure by Chandler Hayes. In a world of colorful imagination and captivating stories, a new children's book has emerged to empower our young minds with crucial life lessons, life skills, and financial literacy. Langston Mangston's Kool-Aid Stand Adventure is a cheering short story written by a talented black author who understands the importance of equipping our youth in the early stages of life with the tools they need to navigate the realm of money, savings, and smart choices. Meet Langston Mangston and his imaginary best friend, Zonky, a pink elephant, two curious souls who embark on an adventure around the vibrant landscape of Wichita, Kansas, where Langston Mangston sets out to accomplish multiple goals and is met with obstacles that he must overcome. Langston Mangston and Zonky discover valuable lessons of talking about finances in the home in order to gain knowledge. Langston Mangston, with a little bit of confidence, the guidance of supportive parents, the help of community members like Mr. Tiller, and his imaginary best friend Zonky, Langston Mangston learns about the value of money and how to save, the importance of making thoughtful spending decisions, the significance of thinking outside the box when met with challenges, with money, and the joys of sharing with others. Through relatable experiences and emerging and, and engaging storytelling, Young readers are introduced to the fundamental concepts of money, such as earning, saving, and spending responsibly. Langston Mangston set savings goals, teaching children the importance of planning for future needs and dreams. The book celebrates diversity and the different perspectives on money, shedding light on its role in different people's lives. The characters' interactions emphasize the joys of serving others, the gift of sharing, and making a positive impact in their community. The pages of Langston Mangston's Kool-Aid Stand Adventure come to life with vibrant illustrations. The colorful and imaginative visuals not only captivate young readers, but also enhance their understanding of complex financial concepts. Langston Mangston's Kool-Aid Stand Adventure is coming soon to bookstairs and online realtors it is a must-have addition to any child's library, fostering essential life skills while sparking the joy of reading. Empower the young minds in your life with the gift of financial literacy and imagination. Join Langston Mangston, Zonky, family, and friends on their extraordinary journey of running a drink stand to set them on the path of a brighter future. Your opinion means a great deal to me. I would be honored if you would consider exploring Langston Mangston's Kool-Aid Stand Adventure and sharing your thoughts, your feedback could play an invaluable role in shaping the future of this project. 
If you have any questions, comments, or would like to discuss the book further, please don't hesitate to reach out to me. Your support in spreading the word about Langston Manson's Coolmate Stand Adventure would mean the world to me, and I deeply appreciate your consideration. I am a passionate advocate for financial literacy. Me, um, Chandler Hayes, um, and, and am excited to join the community of storytellers. With a background in finances, I am driven to inspire children to embark on their own adventures of learning and discovery through the power of literature. Langston Mankson's Cool Amaze Stand Adventure is a heartfelt endeavor to promote financial literacy in a fun and accessible way. As a black author, I'm committed to providing children of all backgrounds with the tools for success, and I am proud to contribute to a more financially informed generation. Thank you for taking the time to explore this advertisement. And I look forward to the possibility of sharing this extraordinary literature adventure with you. Please feel free to contact me. Uh, You can reach me at the email c287gph at gmail.com. All right. Thank you. Warmest regards. Have a great day. God bless. Yo, yo, yo. What's good, Chairman? House of Barth. Thank you so much. Stopping by. Kicking it with me. I appreciate it. All right. So, the research I was going to do real quick, at least one of the researches was, again, I, um, I had a phone call with a marketing company. Um, that I, In my personal opinion, I think the phone call went great. Uh you know, I, I am looking for employment and I probably should really watch the stuff I say, but um I don't know. You know how you go to like a performance evaluation and it's I don't know about y'all, but it's like the worst thing on the planet. You know, you literally have to sit there and take constructive criticism. Um and you really don't agree with anything that uh they have to say. Your your leadership has to say, uh, good or bad, you you know, you just you're like eh, whatever, and you just keep going. I will admit that I've never really been a fan of the constructive criticism. I'm not trying to make it sound like I'm not coachable or anything, or that I think I'm perfect, nothing like that. It's just I've never really agreed with it ever. I can't think of many people that have actually agreed with anything they had to say, good or bad. Uh, but I just, you know, want to seem like I'm loyal part of the team that I'm coachable and can take a constructive criticism and everything. Uh, and I just take it. Um, when I took the phone call with the marketing company, uh, it really, I really had to agree with a lot of what they were saying. I mean, honestly, I was like, yo, obviously you've lit, like you truly have listened like, cause the things you're saying, I, I agree with. So I'll give y'all some, of, I'll, we'll go over some of the notes real quick, uh, that they've given me. They, they even took time out of their day to do a small analysis of my show. Um, um, let me see, uh, da, 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 where is it at? Uh, um, and I don't, the only reason I'm not saying the name or not, because I don't know how much, I, I don't know if they really want me to expose them or not. Maybe they do, maybe they don't. Uh, I don't know. I, once things get a little further, I'll be sure to um, tell y'all more. 
Because, you know, I try to share everything. Uh, I will. Um, eventually over time or whatever. You know, so y'all can know the process. So this is some of the analysis that they did that they put on paper. And then we also had probably about a 30-minute phone call as well. Um, I know I probably read this already, but I'll read it again. Uh, uh, recommendation. These are recommendations on how to scale and grow your podcast. Uh, you can do everything yourself. That was the other thing is they did all this and said, look, you can take this information and run off with it if you want. You know what I'm saying? And even when I was on the phone call with them, they was like, look, you don't have to pay us today. Cause I was like, Hey, do y'all want some compensation for the work y'all have done so far? Cause y'all did some pretty good work so far. And they're like, no, you know, they are like, Oh, we just care about the industry Chan, and we really want to help. You know, it's cool. So if you would like to team, um, you know, uh, if you would like a team of experts can do it for you. So, um, they basically gave a package. I say it was approximately about 500 a week requirements is to do one podcast a week. Um, and then they'll do, they'll handle everything. You know what I'm saying? Oh, de depending on what you pay them for, you can maybe pay a little bit less and get less, or you can pay them a little bit more and get more. Um, all right. So here, let me just, here, I'll give you the name. Uh, the, I believe I said it already. The name of the company was GHA Marketing. I don't know much about this company, GHA Marketing. Um, let me see. Yeah, I don't know much about them. Um, they help businesses grow. Um, uh, it look to me, it looks like they're kind of a smaller company as well. About look, oh, yeah, they say about ten employees. So it's not a big company. Um, yeah, so it's not a huge company. Uh, but, hey, anything, you know, anything helps, you know. Um, so uh, they reached out. Um, all right, I'll go ahead. I, just, just to make things easier. I spoke with an individual. I believe his name was Gualami. Uh, in my personal opinion... Screw anything anybody says about the French being rude, condescending, whatever. In my personal opinion, he was a very nice individual. I actually enjoyed talking to him. And I'm not sure. Um, uh, I think he may enjoy talking to me as well. Uh, I think our conversation was very productive. And it was very quick because uh, he was like, I actually got some other people I got to talk to today because that's their business. They reach out to podcast, say, hey, we'll market and do everything for you. Um, they didn't charge me a dime yesterday. Um, so, all right. So uh, the individual Gualami sends me this this uh, quick analysis. It's, it's not nothing crazy, but I could tell that he did his research. Links, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Website, it wasn't loading. Oh, crap. I need to take a look at that. That needs to get fixed. Uh, objectives. Main objective. Educate and entertain listeners on the basics of business, accounting, regulation, and finance. I'm like, yeah, that's exactly. I'm not trying to be like the expert or anything. Just basic. Because that's, I mean, that's about the extent. He was a little confused on the children's book. He thought it was my sponsorship. I told him, no, actually, I wrote a children's book, and I'm just advertising it on my podcast. Um... Objective, bigger audience, more people to help. Uh, I am trying to help people 
believe it or not, uh, bigger reach, bigger credibility. Credibility, I'm more so if you know, you know. I'm not trying to like, you know, if you know that obviously I, um, if you know to an extent that I'm, I'm not trying to ruin anything, the, some of the shit I be talking about really is like some industry shit, like for real. I, I cover it up with, you know, I like, you know, hip-hop music and, you know, let's have a Bev and everything. Some of the information that I'm actually providing is actually industry knowledge. Like, like you know what I'm saying? So, credibility, I guess I should work on that, cause, but I really don't care because if you know, you know. If not, then, you know, it's like, screw it, you know. Uh, you can't please everyone, but I, I can work on my credibility. More support for podcasts. Dead ass. I got to get some support for this podcast or I'm in, no offense. I, I'm, I plan on working my whole life, but I don't want to keep going through these performance annual reviews and uh, you, you could have made this much in bonuses this year, but you made this much and this person's getting better opportunities and they're not even as qualified. Maybe they are, but they got a better relationship with the manager because they were frat brothers or they went to, uh, they grew up in Boston together or whatever, blah, 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 blah. But I need the support. I need more support. Like, that is killing me. I need sponsorship. I need ad revenue. I need something. Um, or I'm going to be back in the office. Um, not getting paid what you're worth. Not spending time with my family. Oh, gosh. All right. Having guests on podcasts. Uh, honestly, it's not even an objective of mine. I, um, but sure, we can work on it. More partnerships. Partnerships need partnerships. Connections and sponsorship. Yes, yes, yes. Connections, sponsorships, podcasts. Yes. All right. Audio quality. Good. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Podcast music. Good. Okay, great. Call to action. Those are those words that they use in the office. Um, disclaimer at the beginning. I don't. Is is that not a good thing? And or call to action. That means it's something I need to work on, right? Uh, but I do have a disclaimer in the beginning that you know, look, I'm not, a, you know, I'm not your guy. Please speak to your CFA, CPA, uh, tax advisor, whatnot. Um, check this storybook. Share your thoughts. Reach out to me. Okay, I do need to get that up and going. The share your thoughts and the read out to me, or reach out to me. I need to get that up and going. I've been meaning to do it. I haven't done it. At the end. Oh, oh, do it at the end. Okay. Uh, clear CTAs to grow podcasts. Start and end. Okay. Clear disclaimer in the beginning and clear share your thoughts. Reach out to me at the end. Okay. I can work on that. Follow the show. Rank in charts. Okay. I don't do that. I don't really follow my show to see how it's ranking at all. I really tell y'all I really don't even try to pay attention to the analytics. It's not my thing. Um, I don't want my show or our conversation to turn into an analytical conversation where basically I'm using, instead of saying something like, I don't know, instead of saying like passed away, I'm saying dead. Passed away doesn't get as many clicks or viewers as pass, uh, as dead. Um, I So I really try not to pay attention to the analytics, but it says follow the show, rank the charts. Another thing that, when we, on the phone call, not here on the phone call, uh, uh, the individual, uh, Gualami asked me, you know, how many people have you told about your podcast? 
And I'm like, actually, nobody. Um, and he's like, dude, your numbers are skewed. He's like, you got to you gotta check. You got to work on this, man, because your numbers are skewed. Um, um, you've managed to get approximately, we're getting up to approximately 700 spins just by myself, unedited, wake up in the morning, turn on the mic. Another thing he brought up, and I need to write this stuff down. I need to get a pen. Um, he's like, do, do you even have like a schedule? And I was like, nah, I don't do schedules. And he's like, you may want to get a more consistent schedule because if your people know where you're going to be at, they may meet you there. They may be there. And I was like, well, you, you know, so real quick on that topic, what I can tell you all is typically I'm going to record at 3 a.m. in the morning for Forex uh, because that's the London session. Um, so that's typically I like to wake up and check out the London session. So um, I'm going to write down some notes. Uh more because this is what we talked about on the phone this isn't on this paper consistent c with scheduling uh and telling more people i don't tell people because who am i going to tell my family my friends they're not going to support i'm sorry to say it. they're not going to support me anyways if they really wanted to support me they would have been supporting me and they my Sorry to say, my family, I'm not trying to be rude or anything, but never really been the supportive type. You know, they're more of the, ah, Chandler's at it again with another scammer, scheme, wheeler, dealer, hustler, trying to get, my, so I really don't, what, what, but he said, look, man, tell your family and your friends, you know, and because it was such a short phone call, we didn't really go into any topics of like, you know, me, man. I don't know if you ever heard, but there ain't no love in your city. You know, a pup never confessed in the city they from, you know, but he's like, yo, just start there. Tell your family, tell your friends. I'm like, man, I feel like I'm on that 12 step program, Alcoholics Anonymous, where uh, supposedly there's a step where you got to go around and apologize to all these people for your actions or whatever. It's like, all right. Hey, family, friends, I just want to call y'all to let y'all know that I wrote a book. And that I have a podcast, and it'd be great to have your support. And I told one of my buddies I had a book. They said, "Oh, that's a great idea." I said, eh, "It's not an idea. It's it's actually at the pro at the time the book wasn't done. It was in the process." I was like, "No, it's actually happening." Like, you know, <clears throat> they 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 I guess couldn't believe that I had a book or a book was on the way. Um, so but I'll get over it. Uh, I, God is alive and I just got to trust and have faith in God. That's all I got to do. Um, I really don't feel like dealing with a lot of people cause they're just gonna, oh my gosh. I, I had, I had some ideas over the years and everybody just thinks like, eh, oh gosh. All right. I'm gonna work on that. Um, leave a review. Okay. Got to work on that. Um, Uh, he wrote some other stuff. Apple Podcasts not mentioned. Oh, crap. Yeah, I don't mention the other platforms. Damn it. You're right. Mention other platforms. So that was the other thing he was saying. He was like, man, your numbers are skewed. Because look what you've done with not telling anybody. He was in France. He's like, yo, I'm listening to you in France. And yeah, I'm trying to sell you a package. 
of course, but there's more than that. I really want to help you. You're doing something correct. And he's not even the first individual that reached out to me from, uh, I had another individual reach out to me from, um, Nigeria. Here, let me go. Here, I'll, uh, what's his name? Carlos? Let me see. Um, let me see. Carlos Podcast. I'm look. I'm trying to look for his email. Oh man, come on. Yeah, uh, I might throw it in the trash. Let me see, Carlos Podcast. Yeah, let me see. I'm sorry. I'm typing Nigeria, Nigeria. Um. Um, let me see. See if I can find them. Give me just one second. One second. One second. Where are you at? Carlos. Here we are. Uh, here, real quick. Uh, hello. How This is from Carlos with Pod Status. Um, individual. How... House of Barf is ranking very well in Nigeria. Wow. Hello, how's it going? Hope all is well. I have some cool information that might interest you. Your House of Barf has good performance in Apple Podcast rankings last 30 days. This was back in November of 2023. Position 137 in category investing in Nigeria. This data is provided by Pod Status. Happy podcasting. From Carlos from Pod Status. Hey, Carlos, I wrote him back. Thank you for the information. If you can help me out with some advertisement deal, I'd appreciate it. Oh, so I'm, I was looking for a sponsorship or whatever. Thanks again for the information. Hello, you are welcome. We do not have a service to find sponsors at the moment. More so, pod status. You could have let me advertise pod status on my show, but whatever. Um, at the moment, if you want to see all the data from Apple Podcasts, Spotify Purchaser, and get daily email with the rankings and new reviews, from 175 countries, check out Pod Status. I invite you to try it. We have a seven-day free trial. If you have any questions, let me know. Thank you. I'll check it out. All right. So, this is from Nigeria. You know, so here, let me look him up. Carlos, what's his name? To see, if, you know, because you know, you want to you want to check these people out. What was his name? Carlos. Tenor, let me look him up. Carlos Tenor. I'm just gonna type in Carlos Tenor first to see if anything pops up. All right, then I'm gonna pop in Carlos Tenor Pod status and see if he pops up. Carlos Tenor. Oh man, uh, not sure if that's it. Pod status. Postatus Khan, Carlos Tenor, La Escarilla podcast. And I'm not saying Khan is a bad thing. I I think they're speaking Spanish or something. I'm not sure. Um, I think I may have found him. Oh, gosh. Accept my cookies. Gosh, darn it. I don't want to accept your cookies. No, don't accept these cookies. 
Can I get past this? Analytical cookies, functional cookies. Oh, gosh. All right, fine. Whatever. Because I think I found them. Hi, I am Carlos Tenner, a computer engineer from the University of Granada. Currently, I combine my work with a freelance mobile developer with pod status. Oh, he looks like a real guy. Just write me an email, carlos at tenorsoftware.com. Okay. Okay, Carlos. It actually looks like a, you know, I'm not trying to judge anybody, but he looks like a nice guy. You know, he might be an asshole. He, looks, he just looks like a regular coffee drinking, you know, hamburger eating regular guy, you know? Okay, Carlos. All right. And I guess uh, maybe he's living in Nigeria right now. Let me see. Here, one second. ¿Qué tal? Esto es Tribucasters, el podcast para los podcasters. Aquí al habla José Carlos Cortizo, Corti, y tengo conmigo al grandísimo Paul Rodríguez Rius. Buenas, Paul, ¿cómo andas por ahí? Muy bien, ¿y tú qué tal? Pues muy bien, aquí andamos. All right, that's Carlos, that's Carlos Tenner. Okay, cool. Carlos, you know what? I'm, 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 I'm going to email him back. I'm going to email him back and just be like, yo, what's good? You know, how's things been? And, you know, we may check something out. All right, bet. All right, so back to um, the the email with uh, Wallamy. Um, I even asked him, I was like, yo, if I have a Bev on the show or something, or, you know, smoke with my peoples, is that going to be a problem? He's like, dude, we're not going to try to change you. Because I was like, don't try to change me, man. I know my podcast is monotone, I'm boring, all that type of stuff. But just keep it that way. Trust me. You got to trust the process, Okay. Don't have me out there screaming, hollering at the top of my lungs. What's up, guys? What's up, bitches? You know, we gonna get this. Fuck you, you bitch motherfucker. All this shit. It's not me. It's not me. I don't want to do it. And he's like, dude, we're not gonna try to change you. That's not our job. We're not gonna try to own your podcast. That's not us. We're just gonna help you market it. You're just gonna pay for a marketing package. We're gonna, I'll say, okay, cool. And, you know, if you want to have a smoke or a drink with your people, we're not going to try to change you. You go ahead. You know, be careful. It's your brand. So be careful. But, uh, you know, just as long as you're not, like, super radical, you know what I'm saying, or anything, we don't we don't have, a you know, a, an issue with whatever you do. I say, all right, cool. All right. So, Apple Podcasts, not mentioned. You're right. I got to mention other platforms. Spotify, number one ranking. I don't know what that means. Uh, after 255 plus episodes. Okay, share the episodes. Okay, he did say that. He says, dude, you looked at my LinkedIn. We hooked up on LinkedIn. And he's like, dude, you don't say shit about your podcast. You ever um, you ever listen to like The Breakfast Club and they be like, uh, this is the world's greatest podcast or something like that. Uh, your, your mornings will never be the same. Um He's like, dude, your podcast is like the most secretive podcast in the world. Like, you don't tell anybody. Like, what are you doing? And I'm like, dude, I, 
I don't know. I just, I like to stay low key. I like to keep stuff to myself. Uh, and it's like, dude, we got to work on your marketing. You you got the podcast up. Okay. You got episodes. Now it's time to hop into marketing. And I'm like, oh shit, here we go. And I got to trust in God and have faith in God. Uh, platforms will push your content further and social proof. Okay. Show notes, titles, and consistency. Weak show notes. It's correct. It's correct. My descriptions and everything are terrible. I, honestly, to tell you the truth, it's my least favorite part. Once I hit stop on the podcast, I just hit publish. Seriously. Weak show notes. Work on descriptions and notes. I got to admit, it's so true. Uh, include short intro of the podcast. Okay. Okay. An intro of the podcast. Okay. That's a good idea. I never thought of that. Um, use bullet points to list the resources and links. Okay. Okay. That's a good idea. Bullet points just to kind of help people get to like the, the things that I'm talking about. Um, he said something else on the phone was like, uh, I, or maybe he said over here, I could use like talking points, you know, I'm, I'm sure you're here all the time. Where I like, I'm like, I lost my train of thought or whatever. Uh, cause I don't have any talking points. I just hit record and I just babble. Um, resources. Okay. Links. Okay. That's a good point. Resources. And I'm writing these notes down and links. Okay. See, this stuff is going to take a lot of work. Um, show CT 101. I don't even know what that means. Uh, consistency, inconsistent in days and frequency of publishing. It's correct. I do it whenever I want. There are a few days where there are multiple episodes published, but then there will be a significant gap to the next episode. It is very true. Once I hit publish, to be honest, I kind of, I don't really think about the conversation we're having. And if I don't think about it for a couple of days, I could go a couple of days. And if I don't forget think about it for a couple of days, I could end up going weeks without hitting uh, the record button. So that's another reason why you always kind of see me like consistently creating content. It's so that I'm consistently always staying on top of it. You know, make sure I just do anything to create some content. Do anything. Because also another thing about Barf is also it is about my journey. You know what I'm saying? Um, and my journal time and all this other stuff. Um, so I just hit record and say, this is what's going on right now. Um, record in bulk. Yeah. Publish at fixed times and dates. Okay. That's a good point. Record in bulk. You know, this, I do the same thing with my gifts record in bulk, but publish same time every day. Okay. That's a great point. Okay, I'll think about that. Uh, er, uh, same time every day. Okay, fantastic. Um, I do the same thing with my Christmas gifts. Everybody says it. Throughout the whole year, if I go to the store and I'm thinking about you, I, I purchase you something. So when times like birthdays and Christmas come along, if I'm not thinking about you around that time, it could be your birthday. I'm not getting you no gift. And you're like, dog, the whole year you've been getting me gifts that's because I was thinking about you. And it's like, what about my birthday? It's like, yo, what about all those gifts I got you all year? It's like, you know what? I would rather you, rather you do whatever gift you want to get me. Put it in your closet somewhere. And then when my birthday or Christmas comes around, they give it to me in bulk like that. And I'm like, all right. The only thing about it is I can be a little selfish 
and I get really super excited when I get somebody a gift. And I can't just help. I have to give it to them. I just like, oh, man, I was thinking about you. And I want to get you a gift. So I got to work on that. Record in bulk, but publish same time every day. The only thing about that is I also got to make sure that I'm not like doing anything or something. I'm not sure. I'll work on it. All right. Titles, generic and unengaging. All right. I got you. I got you. My titles do suck because I, I told you that's like my least favorite part. Description notes and titles need to be better. All right. Uh go back these are some other things that he said on the phone not in this go back and fix all that all right and then social media he brought that up over the phone as well all right uh does not tell what your podcast episodes are about Eh, it's true you need to make me want to click okay people do not want to click how to the secret of okay use terms like how to and use the secret of okay all right okay i can work on that i can work on that all right websites websites not found okay it's very possible i haven't checked uh no articles based on the podcast episodes okay i'm not sure exactly what he means by that losing on all the reading audience very possible losing on seo benefits rank high in google searches Okay. Convert your episode in article. Great content already here. Convert your episodes in article. Okay. Not sure. Um, okay. But I, I think I'm getting the gist. Optimize for SEO for more people to discover your content. Add links toward your social media pages. Okay. I can work on that. Social medias. LinkedIn. Hard to find. Facebook. Hard to find. There is no Facebook. Instagram, hard to find. There is no Instagram. Twitter, hard to find. There is no Twitter. YouTube, hard to find. I don't even use YouTube. Uh, Are you using social media to promote your episodes? No, I'm not. That was another thing he said. On social media, post every time you put out a new episode. I'm like, all right, I'll work on that. Um, You know, you just got to get over caring about what people think. Um. New episode, create a static post about it. Nice graphic design or something. Oh, shit. I don't got no graphic design team. Extract two, three, and four. Ten snippets of one minute. Oh, I don't even know how to create a snippet, but I can work on it. Transform in reels. Short posts everywhere. Okay, I'll work on that. Get additional eyeballs from podcast content towards BAM. I don't even know what that means, but just try to get more eyeballs. What now? You are free to take all this advice and implement it yourself. If you would like, you could have somebody do it for you. My team can help scale your podcast and therefore business revenues. We can double your reach in a month. Link and link to candidly. Okay. So with all that information, we talked on the phone and basically said, like, look, your numbers are weak. You pretty much have I pretty much have approximately about two downloads per episode. Um, I probably had approximately about 700 listeners or or 700 spins, uh, and probably have about 20 of the same people who listen. Um, he's like, your numbers are weak and I don't think right now would be a good time to charge you because I mean, you got to kind of put in a little bit of effort. So the numbers you're talking about is strictly on, on Spotify. You have no idea what you're really doing in real life. 
you know, I have no idea what I'm doing on Apple. I have no idea what I'm doing on, let me see these other platforms. Um, um, sorry, my bad. One second, I'm pulling it up. I have no idea what I'm doing on Amazon Music. I have no idea what I'm doing on Apple Podcasts. I have no idea what I'm doing on CastBox. I have no idea what I'm doing on iHeartRadio, on Radio Public, on Spotify. Uh, the, when I give you the analytics that's spotify for podcasters uh i think formerly known as anchor um yeah i have no idea what i'm doing on these things so when i give you all the analytics it's strictly the analytics for spotify for podcasters so he's like you have no idea what you're doing out there in the world you know you're looking at spotify for podcasters but you could be doing way more than that um i said okay okay i'll i'll work on that trying to figure it out and at the same time he also stated that your numbers are skewed because you're not even trying. He's like, look, man, you haven't even like took any time or effort to put into your podcast at all. And I'm like, you're, you're absolutely correct. I haven't. Literally, it sounds like it, this is something else you're saying. It sounds like you just, you know, get up, hit the record button and move forward and then shut it off and then hit publish. And I'm like, you're absolutely correct. You, I was like, dude, you've been, you're, you've really been listening to my podcast, you know? And he's like, yo, I listen, I listen, you know? And I was like, you really do be listening because that's exactly what I do. I literally roll over. I'm like, oh shit, I got to create some content today before I forget. You know what I'm saying? Because if I, if I forget, then one day is going to pass, then two days are going to pass, then three days are going to pass. And uh, he's like, that's exactly how it sounds. And I'm like, wow, man. All right, cool. So I'm going to take all this information, I'm going to try to implement it, and I'm going to make sure that I I try to still keep it raw, try to keep it the same. I don't want to turn into another podcast. Here, let me see if, here, let me just pull up any podcast real quick, all right? Uh, what is this? Growing and reach, uh, what is this? I don't know. I'm just going to, all right, this is a podcast about, I guess, Spotify for podcasters. All right, there we go. There we go, right there, right? I'm sorry, and there's nothing wrong with it. I'm not trying to knock it. I'm not trying to be better than anybody. But you hear it? I mean, look, here we go. This is a random podcast. Never seen it. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Spotify for Podcasters Masterclass. You hear the music starting up? Hey everyone! Except he didn't do the "Hey everyone." He hit the "Hey everyone," hey, and here here goes the intro. This is the intro uh, that my man's was talking about. Have a have a short intro of what's going on, okay? And the, here here it goes right here. My name's Jordan, and I work with creators every day to help improve their experience on Spotify and bring them even closer to their listeners. We created this series to help you unleash. Blah! I don't want to be this guy your full potential as a podcaster so we're covering every step of your journey from attracting and retaining listeners to exploring new formats like video and even using analytics to monitor your success so far we've heard directly from top creators like teenager therapy and two hot takes who shared their mm. personal tips and tricks mm. for creating standout shows and how they're deepening their relationships with listeners using all right i'm about to fast forward tools on spotify take us behind the scenes word of mouth that means that your show page 
for us. Yeah. And if you want it to be sustainable for the rest of your life, like the fact that you have an iPhone on you at all times, sure. that you can film content anywhere, like you're going to want to travel, you're going to want to do things. So instead of carrying all of those, that equipment, like yeah. just take it out and press record. Speaking of clips, you guys have been so good about choosing clips that you know are going to do well on socials. How are you sort of figuring out the right formula for success? If people can resonate with what you're talking about, if they can identify, they're like, that's so me. Like, that's me and you, especially if it's a best friend pod. Like, yeah. relating it back to friendship or what people can just see themselves in yeah. has worked very well. It's all about facial. Uh, yeah, it, I don't know. It's, uh, and I have no issues with podcasts and what people do. Here, let's, um, but I, I kind of like, I guess there's nothing you can do. You just have to follow the formula. Um, here, I'm just going to go to my Spotify account and, um, we're just going to pull up another podcast. Um, any podcast. I'm not, let me see. I'm going to go to podcasts and shows. Uh, I'm just going to go to Michelle Obama and I'm just going to pick any episode. Let's go. Is it working? Sorry. Is it playing? Sorry, my bad. I don't know what's going on. Uh, what's going on? Michelle Norris. Oh, here we go. For as long as I... All right. Hey there, I'm Michelle Obama, and I just wanted to... There we go. There we go. Got the music playing. Uh, let's see. Uh, let's see take a moment to thank you for being a part of the light podcast it wouldn't be the same without you and if you enjoyed my show i have a feeling you're gonna love this brand new audible original podcast from higher ground it's called your mama's kitchen and it's hosted by my dear dear friend michelle norris for as long as i've known michelle she's been an absolute master in the kitchen it's put together very well very well. I'm sorry. I, I'm just, I'm kind of just, um, another podcast people have been telling me I got to listen to is uh, Keith Olbermann. So I'm going to pull up his podcast as well, but I hear his podcast is beast. I don't know. Uh, let me just check it out. Keith Olbermann. Folks. Here, one second. Got an advertisement. time to arrest Donald Trump and detain him at Gitmo. By this point, it is impossible to be shocked anymore, but Trump's attorneys have now stochastically threatened the Supreme Court. Okay, I like that. I, I'm not trying to say anything, but I like the Keith Olbermann way. Like, literally, he just, we just hopped straight into it. All right, I kind of like that. You know, he had the music in the beginning. Cool, I can work on that. And then he hopped straight, straight into it. Like, that's kind of how I do it. Just kind of hopped straight into it. So, all right, um... I got some notes. I'm going to work on it. Um, I'll let y'all know uh, what I do next. I'm probably going to try to get a Facebook or Twitter or Snapchat or whatever. Uh, and I'm going to start trying to market and advertise this shit so that 
Um, I can figure out my actual numbers of kind of who supports my podcast. And that way, um, um, if I want, I can hire um, this marketing team. And based on my numbers, they'll tell me the package that they think would be suitable for me. They're like, we have various packages. They have approximately maybe somewhere between two to ten employees. And they're like, between us, you know, we have multiple packages that we can do. And, you know, we can work hard for you. Um, But if we don't feel like that's the right package for you. So, for example, they even said yesterday, we don't think right now you would even qualify for our $130, $150 package. Uh, which is possibly the lowest that they can go, which requires, I don't know, they said putting it up on like YouTube or something. Um, that's like all they would do or something like that. They just post it on YouTube or something. Um, uh, they said basically uh, just figure out where you're at. You know what I'm saying? And obviously you're doing pretty well. I mean, they even told me you're doing pretty well. I mean, look, I, I, I've even expressed to y'all, um, Shout out to United States, Germany, Canada, India, Finland, UK, France, uh, Australia, uh, who've all came to my house. I appreciate it so much. Let me make sure I didn't leave anybody out. Um, um, Yeah, I think I got everybody. And I'm so, so much appreciative. And it's like, yo, you're doing, you're obviously doing well to be able to reach out to that audience. And he's like, I know that you got an audience in France because I listen to you, you know, and, and he may not listen all the time, uh, but, you know, so it's like, yo, you're doing something and you haven't even tried yet. So just put in a little bit of effort because what if your podcast is, does very well and you need a higher package? What if you need a, a $500 a, a, a week package? What if you need a $600 a week package? And that package may consist of throwing it up on YouTube, advertising it on Facebook, social medias. And blah, 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 you know, whatever. So I think you should, you know, they basically told me, I think you should just go ahead and try to put in some effort. Go back to all your episodes. And I'm like, damn, there's over 255 plus episodes. Go back to all of them. Start from the very beginning. Listen to the episodes and actually create a title and a description that just goes with that. Start there. Get on social media. Don't worry about being the world's most private podcast in the world. It's not private anymore. You're in eight different countries. There's eight different, at least eight different countries that are listening to you, and to include the United States, including the United States. So there's seven other countries other than the United States are listening. You're not private anymore. You're not hiding in your house anymore, Chan. You're out there. Okay, now it's time to stay out there and now to market it, scale it up, and start monetizing on this. Because no offense, you know what's going to happen. You're going to get an opportunity from an organization and this, we didn't talk about this, but I know they're going to call you and they're going to say, Chan, is there any way we can get you to be on our team? And I'll say, yeah. And they'll say, uh, we would like to start you off at $60,000 a year, $80,000 a year, which is fantastic. You know, I'm not trying to say that's nothing. And we can also offer you a six to 8% match. All right. So they're trying to they're trying to figure out a way to help me out. We can give you, you know, 120 days PTO, you know, um, health benefits. Uh, you know, so they're trying to figure out a way to get you in. Well, we are going to require you to come to the office five days a week, you know. So you already know what's going to go on. Whereas I can put a little bit of effort into this podcast, work from home, 
My children, or one of my children, was sick the other day. I'm talking about it's the same thing I had. I'm still not fully recovered. Dead ass. I'm still not 100%. I'd say I'm probably like 97%, something like that. But there is a still a little bit of fatigue or a little bit of weakness. I'm, not, I'm still not fully back yet. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and one of my children had it first. I believe I got it from them because I was taking care of them. And if you're a parent, you know, you can't be away from your child. I don't give a damn what they got. I knew I was going to get sick. I knew it because I was still in their face, hugging them and kissing them and making their food and bringing it to them. You know what I'm saying? Um, I tried to quarantine them and they were like, man, can I, can I come out? And I'm like, man, bring your ass. You know, get over here. Give me a hug. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, so I knew I was going to get it, you know, uh, if I had a job, you know what I probably would have did, and I'm not proud about this? I probably would have sent them to school and prayed that I didn't get the phone call from their teacher. But I knew I would have got the phone call because when I told them to go back to bed, I see them, well, actually, there was some chicken on the floor. And then they're in the bathroom hacking up some more. You know what I'm saying? I would I would have got the phone call immediately. I would have had to turn around on 495 and come back. And if you know anything about 495, it's the worst. It's literally, they should have a sign saying, you will be in an accident at some point. I've been fortunate to may have busted a tire on 495. I was, man, it was open road. This is why it don't matter. It, 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 the, the road is cursed. I'm kidding. <laughs> it don't matter. Road was open. I'm not proud about it. I said, oh, crap, 495 open. You know what I'm saying? I was probably hitting 95. I'm hitting 95. And they say, no, I I feel this burst of cold air. Heard it. It was And it, I was like, what is that? They say, no, it's digga, 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 digga. And I was like, damn, I can't win. I can't win on 495. You can't win. Either you're stuck in traffic or it's wide open and you hit the road and you bust a tire. It don't matter. You're screwed. It should be called, you will be in an accident on this road. You know, so it would be so hard for me to turn around. All right. All right, miss. Um, or, all right, mister. Uh, just give me a few minutes. I'll be right there. You know what I'm saying? Now I got to find it. Hop off on the next exit. Coil around. Try to get back on 495 South or North, whatever, which way I'm going. Try to get back to the school. Call it a job. Tell them I'm not going to be able to make it in. You already know that there's this like either mental ding or actually a professional ding. Oh, he had to call. Not to mention, I got all these legalities going on. I'm being in court. I may have to call him. Hey, you know, my my ex-spouse. Yeah, they got me in court today because they want to go over this battle or whatever. It's all terrible. Where if I just put a little bit of effort into this podcast, put a little bit of effort in and marketing this book, I could possibly easily be at home, you know, creating content. Uh, Dad, I'm not feeling good. All right, no problem. Hit the pause button. Give me a second. Go take care of my baby. And then get back. And knowing damn well, don't worry. Don't worry about anything. Daddy's fine. We're going we're gonna to get some chicken. It's going to come in. You know? Um, and no stress. So I'm really thinking about that. Really going to be focused on that. And, and still, if I became a multi-millionaire, billionaire, I could be wrong about this. Um, I still plan on working. You know what I'm saying? I, but I'm going to be having a different mentality. I'm not going to be going to the office uh, under the, hey, I'm just a coon who likes to shuck and jive. Hey, yo, yeah, yeah, I saw the game last night. Thinking fantastic. 
You know, <laughs> you know, no, nah, no. Nah, it's, it's, I mean, even if I am happy, I can still be happy, but it's going to be under the note of they like, yo, we want you here. Not I'm trying to, you know, dance and twirl and say, hey, twirl on them bitches, you know, to try to keep my job. You know, uh, hey, Chan, you seem like you're in a bad mood today. Oh, sorry. I just had a shit day, but let me go ahead, turn it around and put on my, I'm not having a bad day. I'm happy as fuck. Nah, man. You know, I'm tired of that. I could literally be having a great day, but because I'm not smiling, somebody think I'm having a bad, oh, you don't look so happy today. What's wrong with you? What? What the fuck are you talking about? I'm, I'm actually having a great fucking day. The Cowboys actually won a playoff game. You know, it's like, you know, like, I could be having a great day, but just because I'm not walking around with a smile on my face, people think you're in a bad mood or something. It's completely and utterly not true. You know, and you get tired of all that bullshit. Now I can actually just go into the office and people are like, yo, nah, chance, good. Leave him alone. If he's in a bad mood, somebody rub his feet. It's like, no, that's not going to be all that. But more so, I'm going to be going in to actually get some good work done compared to, uh Going to the office. Oh, we're not sure if we want to hire you yet. So we're going to put you in a lower role, knowing that you're damn more than qualified for a higher role. But they want to play the game. They got to make sure that they can save their money on expenses and whatever, blah, blah, blah. I don't know because I've never been on the big wigs. But then I'll be more so getting some good actual work done for the industry. Don't matter. Happy, sad, whatever. We're getting real work done. And... Uh, I may not even have to work five days a week. I may only work two or three days out of the month. That may just be something, a contract job where they're like, hey, we just need you to come in once a week or something so that we can actually make some good, hard decisions or something. You know what I'm saying? It's, you know, stuff like that. I'm still going to be working. Now, I say that now. People may say, like, wait till you become a millionaire. Wait till you become a billionaire. Wait till you become 67 years old. You're going to be sitting at home, retired, chilling. You ain't going to want to work. You say that now because you're 36 and you're broke, you know, but watch when you're 67 and you're in a multimillionaire, you're going to be like, man, I'm going home, play with the grandchildren in the pool. You know, uh, I've been meaning to fix those shingles, you know, they've been uh, in the front of the house or whatever they call it. Got to fix those. Uh, I've been wanting to start a garden, I'm about to, you know, make a garden, you know, and whatever it is. So, I don't know. I say that now. We'll see what happens in the future. So, um, we went over a few things today. Uh, you know, uh, longer episode. I'm going to get to work on this stuff. Really, I'm going to try to put some effort in. I'm really going to go all the way back. All the way back to the first episode. And I'm going to listen to it. And these episodes, they're, they're long. They're two, three. It's two, three hour long episodes. I got probably about... I think, oh, I couldn't remember what they said, probably about 11,000 hours of content. I'm going to go back and I'm going to try to do better. I'm going to take notes so that the titles, try to work on changing the titles, try to work on changing the descriptions, try to work on getting social media up. And one of the things I'm going to start off first to work on is actually telling friends and family. Uh, that is going to be the hardest thing for me because uh, I really don't feel like... I seriously would rather tell the whole world before I tell friends and family. Friends and family, sometimes, I'm sorry to say it, I can feel like they're my least favorite supporters. You know, like, like, uh, gosh. But he was like, dude, you got to get over it. The, the guy, the marketing team guy, he's like, 
that's where you got to start. And yes, you may get more no's than yeses, you know, but that's where you got to start. You got to start. Start with your mom. Start with your dad. Start with your siblings. Start with your uh, friends. And I really, even friends, I really don't feel like I've been doing so well on my own. You know what I'm saying? These last six, seven, eight months, I've been doing so well. Friends get around. I'm sorry to say it. Oh, oh, that's not a good idea. Oh, that's a good idea. Oh, you should do that one. No, don't do that. And he's just like, shut the hell up. Get out. Get out. Oh, I knew that it was going to fail. I wanted to say something, but I don't know if I should have. Get out. Front door. Where, you know, the door you came in. Could you go right back out? You know, I've been doing so well by myself right now. And I'm like, yo, I really would like to keep it that way, to be honest. But uh, the marketing team person was like, nah, it's time. It's time. It's time to reach out to that sibling who you know is going to talk shit behind your back. Oh, they're just trying to do it because they want to get more money. Uh, they're just trying to do it because they want to make mom and dad proud. Uh, oh, they're going to fail. Oh, they're not going to be shit. They're not going to do shit. You know, oh, yeah, that's a really great idea. You, you know what you should do? You should do this and that. And it's like, shut the hell up. Shut up. You know, but marketing team guys like, nah, man, you got to get past all that. Got to get past all that. It's time. It's time. Man, I've cut so many people off this last couple of years, man. Seriously, dead ass. Dead ass. I ain't talking. I really haven't been talking to nobody. Um, but so. So y'all see the journey. Y'all see what. Where, where it started, where we're at. Right now, if we're on the S-curve, we probably are now um, on that on, on the S, on the bottom part. We've probably gotten past the very tip, and we're probably now going down into that slope. We haven't hit the really rough part yet. We haven't got to that, that scoop-up part yet. Um, and then, remember, when you get on that scoop-up, and it feels like it's the worst time of your life, it actually gets a little bit harder, you know? It actually gets harder. And then you get over that part, and you're at the top, and then from there, that's basically, that's the life cycle of that. And I don't know, you can keep trying to fight or get ready to go. I don't know what happens when you get up there at the top. But right now, I think we've kind of, on the S, on the bottom, I think we've gotten past that that uh, that very initial that dip now i I don't i'm not saying we're at that bottom part yet but i think we're we're past that initial tip of the joint and we're coming down uh the we're coming down a little bit uh and then we'll get to that bottom part that bottom part is probably where it's the best where it feels fun and great and then oh gosh here we go this is getting hard so it's wonderful i thank god every day challenging me uh got to be vulnerable Got to be open to new ideas, new challenges, and uh, just got to be ready for when the opportunities present themselves. So, again, I want to say thank you to everybody who decides to take time of the day to come over to the house. I appreciate it. And kick it with your mans. I'm Chan Man, and this is House of Barf. Blech! I am thrilled to introduce you to an exciting new storybook journey that I believe will capture your imagination. 
Allow me to present Langston Mangston's Kulamate Stand Adventure, a compelling short story that promises to transport you to a world of interest, excitement, and learning. The title of the book is Langston Mangston's Kulamate Stand Adventure by Chandler Hayes. In a world of colorful imagination and captivating stories, a new children's book has emerged to empower our young minds with crucial life lessons, life skills, and financial literacy. Langston Mangston's Kulamate Stand Adventure is a cheering short story written by a talented black author who understands the importance of equipping our youth in the early stages of life with the tools they need to navigate the realm of money, savings, and smart choices. Meet Langston Mangston and his imaginary best friend, Zonky, a pink elephant, two curious souls who embark on an adventure around the vibrant landscape of Wichita, Kansas, where Langston Mangston sets out to accomplish multiple goals and is met with obstacles that he must overcome. Langston Mangston and Zonky discover valuable lessons of talking about finances in the home in order to gain knowledge. Langston Mangston, with a little bit of confidence, the guidance of supportive parents, the help of community members like Mr. Tiller, and his imaginary best friend Zonky, Langston Mangston learns about the value of money and how to save, the importance of making thoughtful spending decisions, the significance of thinking outside the box when met with challenges, with money, and the joys of sharing with others. Through relatable experiences and emerging and, and engaging storytelling, Young readers are introduced to the fundamental concepts of money, such as earning, saving, and spending responsibly. Langston Mangston set savings goals, teaching children the importance of planning for future needs and dreams. The book celebrates diversity and the different perspectives on money, shedding light on its role in different people's lives. The characters' interactions emphasize the joys of serving others, the gift of sharing, and making a positive impact in their community. The pages of Langston Mangston's Kulamated Stand Adventure come to life with vibrant illustrations. The colorful and imaginative visuals not only captivate young readers, but also enhance their understanding of complex financial concepts. Langston Mangston's Kulamate Stand Adventure is coming soon to bookstairs and online realtors it is a must-have addition to any child's library, fostering essential life skills while sparking the joy of reading. Empower the young minds in your life with the gift of financial literacy and imagination. Join Langston Mangston, Zonky, family, and friends on their extraordinary journey of running a drink stand to set them on the path of a brighter future. Your opinion means a great deal to me. I would be honored if you would consider exploring Langston Mangston's Kulamate Stand Adventure and sharing your thoughts. Your feedback could play an invaluable role in shaping the future of this project. If you have any questions, comments, or would like to discuss the book further, please don't hesitate to reach out to me. Your support in spreading the word about Langston Mangston's Kulamate Stand Adventure would mean the world to me, and I deeply appreciate your consideration. I am a passionate advocate for financial literacy me um, Chandler Hayes um, and and am excited to join the community of storytellers with a background in finances I am driven to inspire children to embark on their own adventures of learning and discovery through the power of literature 
Langston Mangston's Coolamade Stand Adventure is a heartfelt endeavor to promote financial literacy in a fun and accessible way. As a black author, I'm committed to providing children of all backgrounds with the tools for success, and I am proud to contribute to a more financially informed generation. Thank you for taking the time to explore this advertisement. And I look forward to the possibility of sharing this extraordinary literature adventure with you. Please feel free to contact me. Uh, you can reach me at the email c287gph at gmail.com. All right. Thank you. Warmest regards. Have a great day. God bless.